across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk Radio. For those about to talk, we salute you. Talk Radio. Thank you, James. Thank you, Ash. Good evening, dear listener. Busy, busy show. Psychedelic Celluloid. It's a book and it is awesome. And we'll be speaking to the author. 03444991000. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Slightly, dear. So I'm, I'm cheating slightly. That's, that's uh, Mickey Dolenz of the Monkees singing "Daybreak." Um, and uh, well, well, hardcore music fans will know that that was a, a song that was in a film that is unwatchable. And we'll get to it in a bit. Um, I'm joined, um, and I keep I keep wanting to call you Matthew Simons. So if I do, I apologise. I've been called worse. <laughs> I'm sure you have. It's Simon Matthews, and, I, and I'm, I have to keep looking at because I'm going to say it's Matthew Simon Matthews who has written this absolutely uh, delightful book. Um, we had Shell Talmy on the show last week, the famous producer. Honoured company. Oh, I mean, I mean, just a legend and a really humble guy who didn't quite realise how he... I said, have you ever thought about ri- writing a book, Shell? Well, I don't really have many stories to tell. After he spent 20 <laughs> minutes talking about how when the kinks yeah. started arguing, he'd nip out for a fag for 15 yeah. minutes. Um, and I, 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 I know it's a little bit of a cliche, but... If you're struggling for something for Dad for Father's Day that's coming up, if my kids bought me the Shell Tell Me CD or this book, Psychedelic Celluloid, I would think, I've brought those boys up well. I have brought those boys up well. It's an absolutely beautiful book, British pop music in film and TV, 1965 to 1974. Uh, Simon uh, uh, done it and is here. Why? Why did you do this book? It's not something that's been done before. There have been studies uh, made of the films of the period, yeah. normally quite lengthy, intellectual and verbose books. Yeah. Uh, there have been um, endless compilations of the music, and in fact, that era is now extremely popular, but no one's ever looked at the way the music and the film and the fashion and the design interlocked. Yeah. 
so you you took it upon yourself i did yes to do that one of my favorite things and this this is kind of part of the book and there are other aspects to it but one of my favorite favorite things is i love seeing bands in movies whether it is the beatles in help and 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 a hard day's night or the monkeys in head or you know the herman's hermits movies I there's something that that the the um John Paul Jones film is it privilege is that the that gets mentioned in here Paul Jones Paul, Paul Jones, Jones Paul Jones yeah, jo- yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 uh, pop stars and rock stars and groups in movies it's mm. so delicious I guess that started with Elvis I suppose was probably or Sinatra I suppose to a certain I, extent I, well you can go back to the 30s if you want to go back to sort of Hollywood musicals mm. I mean the the key starting point for this must be a hard day's night yeah which was filmed in britain 1964 and it cost 200,000 pounds which wow. is approximately one fifth of the cost of a hollywood film and it was i think the fourth biggest box office film in the united states mm. which was unusual for a uk film in 1964 and at that point all the hollywood studios said right you can make a film in the uk for a third of the price yeah and if you have a pop group in it, there's a good chance that it might clean up. Yeah. And at that point, you get five, six, seven years of every studio making films in London, and they all have a band in them. It, and it's joyous to watch. And some of them, some of them worked and stuck, and some of them were stinkers, and some just kind of, kind of snuck away. I have. I know it's the weaker of the two films, but I do have a soft spot for Help. I kind of prefer yeah, Help yeah, over yeah. Hard Day. It's not dated very well with Leo McKern blacked up and you know no. doing the comedy Indian accent. They're trying to do the goons, aren't they? They yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I do like that, and I think the. Um, Roy Kinnear in it is just as the, as the mm. bumbling side. There's some wonderful little little scenes and little pieces um, mm-hmm. in it. This um, the the the, 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 the look. I've opened it on a page, and one of my favourite films actually is because I was thumbing through this earlier on. Lennon was kind of touted to be um, the one that was going to break free from the Beatles and get into performing in other areas of course he had his books of poetry he did yeah, his yeah. sketches with pete and dud um and he married a performance artist of course he did and <laughs> I, I would love to have seen him go off and do more films because he made one of my favorite films and we were talking about this a few weeks ago how i won the war yeah, yeah. which i think is it, it is absolutely delicious it's him it's michael crawford um it's dick lester isn't it yeah, directed right, it. Yeah. and it's kind of a sort of surreal there's a brief period of, of british surrealist films and it's it's a surreal, kind of vaguely anti-war well, film. Well, it's actually a very well-written, very, very historically accurate account of what a lot of the Second World War was like, mm. if you were in it. Mm. It was, it was, it was quite, quite surreal and quite odd if you were in the front line. Yeah. Um, and it was written by, I think, a playwright called Charles Wood, right. who did a number of plays of that type. And it comes, it's almost like a kind of prototype version of a a kind of genre which showed the Second World War as a a sort of freewheeling psychedelic experience. Yeah. You you had things like. um, well, there was the Spike Milligan <laughs> films, Hitler, My Part in His Downfall. The, you know, like the gr- Slaughterhouse gr- Five, Slaughterhouse Five, Catch Twenty Two, yeah, yeah, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Kelly's Heroes, you know, and um, some of them are played as broad comedy. But I think How I Won the War works much better than 
most of them because it's actually quite grim in parts. Yes, yeah. I, th- I think they I, I they think, all die. I, I think most of them, except Michael Crawford, get killed. Yeah. don't they? And, and when yeah. they die, they come back painted as, as yeah, yeah. A green or blue or yeah, so. Yeah. And ju- just John Lennon running around going, "Please, sir, my feet sweat, sir." I lo- yeah. And he's brilliant in it. He, hmm. I mean, it's John Lennon. You know, it's John Lennon. But that's he, because he, he's not given too much to say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. There's a lot of these pop stars and rock stars. You, yeah. Yeah. Less is more. Um, but it's a delicious, a delicious film. We had um, we had Joe McGrath in a few weeks ago, All director right. of The Magic Gosh. Christian. Um, the, I'm uh, writing about that for Shindig magazine. Oh, actually. are you really? Because it's yeah, coming yeah. out on DVD again. That's correct, yeah. Wonderful film. Here's, yeah, yeah. here's a bit of gossip that Joe told me off air. I think I can probably say it now. No one's right. listening. Um, <laughs> it, you know Ringo Starr? It was originally going to be John Lennon, but he, yeah, had yeah. To, he had to turn it down. Oh, and he right. said, I, I, I can't do it, because they thought they are going to be filming in America. He said, I can't do it, because mm. I've my, my drugs bust. I don't think I'll be allowed in the States. Why don't you give it to Ringo? And that's how Ringo got in um, The Magic Christian. Right. And it's such and, and it, it's such a delicious movie. Again, Sellers just playing it perfectly. Ringo Starr. I think the, 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 the Ringo did do a lot of movies, but they were all stinkers after that, weren't they? Candy and... Um, Pretty much, there's yeah. One, the, there's one where he's... the Is he a blind man? Is yeah, he? yeah, yeah. That's a sort of Alan Klein film. Alan Klein made a couple of films uh, using the money that the Beatles generated, which tanked right. both of them. Right, yeah. It's a shame. I love. I love a little bit of Ringo. John, John Sebastian was supposed to do the soundtrack for the Magic Christian. Was he? Yeah, it was sold. Um, Peter Sellers wanted to make the film yeah. for, for for a long time because he bought. Uh, he read the book when it came out, nineteen fifty nine or so. Yeah, and he got the film rights to it, and he didn't become a big enough star in the US until nineteen sixty seven. Mm. At which point he could more or less choose what he did, and he uh, he got a studio called Commonwealth United, which was a small studio and mainly did TV stuff, mm. but had just started making films. He got them to actually fund it, and they thought they were going to get a kind of transatlantic film, partly filmed in the US, yeah. partly right, in the UK. Okay. And it was uh, they insisted that to give it wider box office clout that they brought in one of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I they, love it. They didn't just want a kind of Peter Sellers star vehicle with him doing lots of funny voices. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, um, and John Sebastian, because we've had, we've had John Sebastian on the show. If, right. you, if you email well, John Sebastian's website, he replies to yeah, the emails he, himself. he replied to me Isn't saying, he, saying he, he couldn't remember it. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there was... <laughs> There was but, a lot of that with our chat with John where I was kind yeah, of yeah. filling in the but blanks for him. It actually says in Billboard, <laughs> it was actually announced in Billboard that he was going to do the soundtrack for it. Wowzers. No, j- yes, j- when I got that email signed JS, I was yeah. a 15-year-old me was dancing around the room. I phoned up Kath, the producer. How could John Sebastian's email me? But yes, he did say that he took a lot of acid and smoked a lot of weed and that there were huge gaps in his um, <laughs> in his memory. <laughs> But he's a delightful gentleman. Now, in this book, Psychedelic Celluloid, there are some, um, well, there are some more of the obvious films. Gimme Shelter, the Rolling Stones documentary. That's, um, that's a dark film, isn't it? That's, that's, you you actually see a murder taking place. Pretty much. In that film. It's horrific. What? But, but, but they released that and then they didn't release, 
excuse my language, a film called Cocksucker Blues. And you... I, oh, I can't imagine why that is. <laughs> oh, I, well, I've, I've seen it, and that's a stinker. But <laughs> uh, it, the, the Stones are weird, weren't they? In that they would put out stuff that other bands perhaps would would not put out. Gimme Shelter could have been a damaging film for them, couldn't mm. it? And yet they put it out there. I think because um, it it was it was made as a it it was made as a very well shot documentary of a rock band uh, in the style of Penny Backers Don't Look Now yeah sorry Don't Look Back yes and um, which is but which is I don't like Dylan no no but that film is um, is just a masterpiece I can watch that again and again and, and again I, I think the reason why that the Rolling Stones would have wanted it released even with the kind of footage that you get is because it would do them no harm with US audiences right and you have to remember in in the US late 60s there was an absolutely colossal teenage and young adult audience for anything to do with rock music yeah and I suppose it propagated that image of the bad boys. Oh, yeah, very much rock so. And, yeah, and yeah. it's directed by the Mazels, who are... Yeah, yeah. Guys, if you ever want a brief history on documentary making, go and look at the Mazels' back catalogue, because those mm. guys knew how to make films. They, of course, did the first documentary of the Beatles going to America in 64, I they think. Did. I think yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. one of theirs as well. Now, Mick Jagger is an interesting one, because he's one of those pop stars that has had a go at acting mm. and i think like david bowie we can say he's he's not very good i think he's a bit better than bowie do you do you, I, <laughs> I would give you a shade better than bowie i mean i've seen free jack so i you know right, I, okay fair enough um, it, yeah. a shade better but i because <clears throat> i'm a fan of these these type of films i love i love kind of obscure art house cult psychedelic you know sort of lost movies um, and, and the first time I watched performance, the uh, Mick Jagger, and is it, it's, it's James Fox, isn't it? I always yes, get my foxes right, confused. Yes. And I watched it with a real sense of excitement. I've never been so bored in a film. I thought it, was, I, it, it didn't do for me what everyone else said it was doing for them. I thought it was a bit of a mess. The first time I saw it was in a cinema. Right. I think that makes a difference. Yeah. I had I had a late night. I think it was on Channel Four at mm. some point. It, when I, I was about it 15 doesn't work. Or it, was, it doesn't work too well on a small screen. No performance, but on a large screen, it does. It's it's probably with Blow Up. Those are the two best made films right. of, of this type, in my view. Yeah. Um, the the interesting thing about performance uh, is that more information on this period keeps on coming to light. Right. Um, partly because of the way the internet works partly because more and more people find little things to kind of write about little research projects yeah a lot of performance came down to um an east end gangster called david litvinov okay who was um he's actually got a credit it's his only film credit and this is the only <laughs> film he works on and he's in it as dialogue coach oh gosh and the reason the dialogue works absolutely here yeah. is because he got the cast particularly Fox as the kind of Cockney gangster. Yeah. Talking in exactly the way that the Craze and the Richardsons spoke. Right. Because he was one of the Craze and the Richardsons yeah, hangers yeah. on. Um, Didn't Fox go nuts as a result of this film? Wasn't what, there a big acid yeah, session yeah, where mean, they all took acid to get into character and it blew his mind, man? Quite, quite possibly. Um, 
whether it was all down to this film, not quite sure. I mean, right. uh, there was a lot of people who overloaded at, at the end of the 60s anyway. Yeah. Whether it was down to just being in this particular film, right. I wouldn't like to say. Okay. Yeah. Um, what once... I mean, he, he did make a cut. I think he made a film or two after this because performance was shot 68 but not released for two years. Right, okay. Why did they sit on it? Because they couldn't get a distribution or um, they didn't think it was appropriate. It took a long time to edit. Right. Okay. <laughs> and it to get it right. Um, interestingly, Camel's previous film, yeah, um, which has aspects of the same plot, is nowhere near as good. Right. Okay. And, and that didn't have David Litvinov doing the dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So I'm inclined to the view that he made the difference. Get your gangsters in <laughs> on the set. And Nicholas Rogue took over the direction right. of performance yeah and then the studio didn't think it was releasable because it was so dark yeah and so violent uh and it set it it set the absolute gold standard for uk gangster films mm. um that and get carter i think um what films stick out for you in the book which, which is the one that would i mean I'm, I'm assuming you've 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 watched the majority of these which one of these gave you the most pleasure to sit down and put the dvd in um in terms of overall pleasure you know if you're talking about having a good time i would say otley otley or, or smashing time hang on a second now otley what's otley otley is about a useless layabout yes um, played by Tom Courtney at oh. the absolute peak of his abilities, yeah. um, who gets mistaken for being a secret agent. Oh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Uh, it takes place in all the usual London locations, including the Bunny Club, mm. um, and it's got a soundtrack by Don Partridge, and it has a, an appearance by The Herd in it well the herd minor players in the <laughs> 1960s i mean they, 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 you, people would be would struggle to bring that name to the fore of their peter minds frampton, peter frampton well peter frampton of course oh, yeah. yes um uh, well, and why did you like that one so much because um it's uh a clement and lafray um lafrene script yeah that hasn't really dated it's it's still quite fresh um the supporting actors are really good. James Villiers, Romy Schneider, Clive, yeah. Clive Revel. Um, and as a kind of insight into how people kind of lived, I mean, it's, 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 uh, I mean, the film starts out with Tom Courtney sauntering down Portobello Road, having been kicked out of his bedsit in Ladbroke Grove Beautiful. by his girlfriend. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it immediately captures the, um, what it was like to be there in 1968 and that's yeah. the joy of a lot of these films i love footage of old london i love it whether it's from the 30s the 40s 60s footage of people walking yeah. down uh, you know the, not carnaby street portobello market or wherever it is it just looks like a foreign country it's wonderful yeah. and so many of these films have got that haven't they just as well, their I think, background i think i mean at, uh, at uh, the book launch uh, i was asked a question from the audience about What's the worst film yeah. that, that was made during that time? And I, I couldn't answer it. Right. Um, I sort of spent about 20 seconds in complete silence trying to think of what was the worst film made yeah. during that time. I don't think there is one, because if you look at it now, even the bad films, even the ones that have got clunky mm -hmm. dialogue or um, plots that 
don't make any sense you would still watch them for the kind of background detail yeah. you would watch them and listen to how people speak the slang they use the locations how the buildings look the clothes they wear stuff like that okay know. i'm gonna throw one at you clunky dialogue plot that doesn't work um one of the best soundtracks and, and a, a, a lost album as far as i'm concerned percy oh my god <laughs> Percy, right. For the man them. who has a penis transplant. Yeah, it's um, Hugh Bennett, and he has a penis transplant. And the soundtrack is by The, the Kinks. Kinks. Yeah, yeah. And it is a beautiful... It's got the song... Um, All God's Children. All God's Children, which is one yeah, yeah. of Ray Davis's finest, finest songs. And it's got a wonderful uh, uh, instrumental version of Lola, and it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful soundtrack album for what is... Really, I don't. Th- I don't know if I've sat all the way through, Percy. It's a. It's a low. You haven't rent. even mentioned the sequel yet. Oh, we're, we're going to get to that in a minute. <laughs> but it's a. It's a low rent farce, really, isn't it? Where the joke is a bloke's had a dick transplant. That's the yeah, gas. Yeah, yeah. Stretched and, to ninety minutes, and he has to be tested. Yes, he has to be tested. <laughs> yeah. What is the sequel? I can't remember what the sequel's called. But more Percy or something, isn't it? Um, Percy's progress. Percy's progress. Um, Otherwise known as, it's not the size that counts. <laughs> and it is, I mean, that, that is a, Percy is a stinker, isn't it? Um, uh, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the start, it's, it's just at the point where the shine begins to come off Swinging London and you get this kind of lurch into, into rather tatty sex comedies that yeah. you get in the kind of 70s. But this one has a better cast possibly a better script and certainly better music it's just on the right side isn't it there was yeah. a when was that it was 71 yeah. there was a period sort of 71 72 73 when it, it, the, the sort of naughtiness and the sexiness crossed over into well the confessions movies yeah, tap, basically absolute yeah, tap. Tap. and, and yeah. again i mean the, the, linda bellingham was in confessions of a window cleaner i think doing a topless romp with robin asquith um and and there, there is that that embarrassing period of 70s british cinema where it's it's just tits for the sake of it there's no humor i mean unlike I'm, french cinema at the same time well it was it was artistic <laughs> artistic boobs is what you got but i never where do you stand on the carry-on films because i again i i never enjoyed it i always thought they were a bit um, embarrassing where do i stand on them uh, uh <laughs> y- yes i thought carry-on sergeant was quite a funny comedy about uh, guys doing their national service i thought the two or three after it carry on nurse carry on carry on constable yeah something like that uh weren't bad british film comedies kind of black and white yeah reasonably reliable cast uh humor not too broad or anything like that it then declines dramatically thereafter carry on up the kyber really frankie howard really big box office hit Really? Yeah, really big box office hit in 1969. I can't imagine anyone going to the cinema to see these things. It was absolutely huge. It was on as a double feature with uh, a Japanese film called Godzilla Meets Frankenstein, (laughs) which had colossal cardboard sort of monsters. Now that I would see. That's the kind of movie I'd go and see. But um, (laughs) the the carry-on films I never got. Um, Concert films as well. Concert mm. films. We, we obviously had the Woodstock, Monterey Pop. Yeah. Um, there are a few here. Is it now? Is it's not Super Show? Is it the one with? Um, yeah, Super Show. Is it Super Show? The one with Stephen Stills and Led Zeppelin and That's things. Right. It's filmed uh, in a in a lino factory in Staines. 
<laughs> was it I, now see i didn't know that until i read your book why well, was it was, done in stains was, well um there was a lino factory in stains yeah it had shut some years earlier and was empty and it was a uh because the bands particularly led zeppelin played at absolutely enormous volume yeah it was a good place to use as a soundstage miles away from anywhere yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but an odd choice nevertheless yeah very much so <laughs> you don't i you you tend not and i know you're writing a sequel which we'll talk about in a minute but you tend not to get bands in films anymore i mean mm. I, the last one i can think of is spice world with the spice girls i don't think if you're making a james bond film today you don't have bond go into a nightclub and have the latest band on on a yeah. stage there yeah or one of the you know you don't find sixth or seventh in the cast is robbie williams playing a villain mm. but if you're making a spy film in 1968 that is precisely what you would have done you would you walk into a club and, and you, the, oh it's the yardbirds over there anyway <laughs> let's you know let's carry on with and, and they carry on playing while there was a yeah, fight yeah. going on yeah, yeah. and you don't get that anymore and i i, I i'm a sucker for that rubbish hmm. simon i like it when you see we go oh look there's there's um there's an there's a detect american detective series in the 60s and he walks into a bar and it's neil diamond on stage and you just think this yeah. is perfect i want more of this um th the problem with a lot of british films i find is that they are not funny um they're, they're, they're not they try to be and they're not i mean alf garnet g g keeps popping up in movies the, the film versions we'll take a break in a bit but mm. film versions of tv shows um they're always strange beasts it's always weird to think that there were on the buses movies and steptoe yeah. and sun movies I think on on the buses was the biggest british box office film in 1971 really yeah See, I can't, again, someone's got, hey, there's, well, a, there's an on the as, buses movie. As in many other spheres, follow the money. Yeah, always. well, exactly, but can you imagine going, hey, should we go to the pictures tonight? Yeah, what's on? On the buses. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. I'll get you back. Yeah, let's go and see some of that. Um, and Alf Garnet was always a strange beast in the movies, wasn't it? That, yeah, that he strange was, he transition. Was, he was toned down for the films. The films were quite broad comedy, quite um, affectionate. Mm. comedy almost like a kind of family history uh that people could relate to yeah going from the 30s through the war to the post-war period to winning the world cup and stuff like that the tv series was absolutely blistering dark satire yeah where people didn't realize that what was being sent up was the moronic nature of the english working class yeah and it got it gets toned down for the pictures yeah it was it was, it was uh I mean, the humour is much gentler, I think. Saying that, I do believe that at the beginning of... I think it's the Did second... Did you know that Anthony Booth was in O Calcutta? No, I didn't. Because um, he's, he's the Randy Scouse kit, isn't Correct, he, in the series? Yeah. Tony Blair's father-in-law. He was, was in he the now? London stage production of O Calcutta with no clothes on at one point. Oh, dear God. It's, it's <laughs> hair all over again. Um... I, I believe in the opening, someone will listening will know this, uh, in the opening of, I think, the second Steptoe movie, if you listen very carefully, yeah. you can hear Ari H. Corbett go, oh, you silly old winker. And he, he calls him a, not a winker, but in, in the opening of a Steptoe movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Um, Simon, can you stick around for another ten minutes?
Possibly. Okay, okay. well, stick, <laughs> stick around. We're going to take a quick break, because I want to talk to you about Cucumber Castle. Let's have a quick oh break. Oh, my God. Late Night Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Dear listener, excuse me in indulging uh, in my geeking off. We're joined by Simon Matthews, who's written this marvellous book, and I'll post tweets uh, and links for it on, on Twitter in a bit. Uh, Psychedelic Celluloid, British Pop Music and Film and TV, 1965 to 1974. The Bee Gees. I've always found them an odd band, kind of just looking for the next thing. And the, 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 the period in their career, they thought the next thing was going to be a movie called Cucumber Castle. Indeed. What the hell is that about? Okay. I've never seen it, and I want to. The Bee Gees hit Britain early 1967. Yeah. Had a series of hits. Unusually, by the standards of most groups at that time, they wrote lots of songs. Everybody else covered their songs. Yeah. And they became the next biggest thing. Ergo, they had to make a film. Let's got to put them in the movies. <laughs> and somewhat unfortunately, they decided to go for a film similar in style to the monkeys tv programs which were basically a set of sketches where at one point you'd have the members of the group dressed up as medieval knights yeah then you'd have them dressed up as members of the french foreign legion then you'd have them dressed up as um spacemen or something and then they'd um in between all these things they would maybe play some of their songs and cucumber Castle is a really, <laughs> really flimsy. It's a terrible title as well. Version of that, and it took so long to make it that by the time the film was made, there were only two of the Bee Gees left. The other three <laughs> members had had gone, and they spliced into it footage of the Isle of Wight festival, I think, and the Hyde Park festivals of right. 1969. Yeah. So you get, on the one hand, this. Uh, sort of comedy fairy tale about medieval knights and then you get to see rock bands in the middle of it yeah wow <laughs> wow it's it, that's the joy then they were just smoking stuff and going hey let's just put yeah. this out uh, you know and so was frankie howard uh he was hanging out with the bgs quite a lot then and people like julie driscoll and brian wow. Elber as well trying to reboot his career with yeah. younger people well, i was listening to a very interesting drama on radio 4 the other day and i was reminded that that frankie howard of course took lsd he had um he was uh, he was suffering from depression so in 1963 or 64 he went to a psychiatrist psychiatrist oh i have this new marvellous cure for depression and anxiety hmm. i'm going to give you a drug it wasn't called illegal, lsd either. no exactly i'm yeah. going to give you a drug called lsd and um, we'll work through imagine tripping with frankie howard flipping heck you do your nothing um listen so this is the book the, the psychedelic celluloid 65 to 74 just as we were coming in you dropped a, a, a teasing little hint that you're working on volume two yeah um um i've been researching a sequel which covers the period 1975 to 1986 title of which will be disclosed in due course but not now it's a long title (laughs) but i think it could work (laughs) that's very good (laughs) thank you very much Um, indeed and uh it's in broadly the same format and it looks at what happens to british pop culture yeah from 1975 through to 1986 with 1986 being the absolute nadir of the british film industry what was happening in 86 for british film it wasn't absolute Uh, beginners was it You've got it in one. It was, it was the year of the lowest, the lowest number of British feature films wow. ever made. Wowzers! And it features absolute beginners again. Unwatchable. As the final cut-off point. The nail in the this coffin. Completely cardboard wooden version. Should have been uh, wonderful. 
Should have been wonderful. And, you know, Ray Davis is in it. Bowie's in it. You can't act. Um, uh, was it Julian Temple that directed it? I can't remember. Well... But it was a great crew. It's kind of like an attempt... It's kind of like an attempt to film a kind of up-to-date version of Expresso Bongo. Yeah. Except Expresso Bongo is funny... Yeah. ...and relevant and didn't take itself that seriously. This is very pompous. The whole of Absolute Beginners is unwatchably serious. Yeah and solemn very everyone thinking they're in uh, thinking that they're making a piece of great culture yeah and everyone stayed away in droves from Indeed, it yeah um the, 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 i think it sent goldcrest bankrupt did it really yeah, yeah. um there's one more film from this book there's 65 to 74 and i only saw it recently i've co- i'd seen that'll be the day thank you i'd seen that'll be the day mm. millions of times i love it it's bleak it's grim it's dirty it's horrible it's wonderful again ringo Starr with nice understated performance the, the david essex being playing the blinder i only watched stardust for the first time right. last year yeah. oh my god it all goes wrong for him and Adam Faith. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. really dark film. And and we don't seem to allow our pop star. I mean, if you've not seen That'll Be The Day, it is flipping horror, Brilliant, but horrible. And you just can't imagine. I mean, David Essex was, was a heartthrob. He was a pop star. He was, yeah. You can't imagine Harry Styles, you know, or, or, or I can't think of any other equivalents because I'm a very old man. But you can't <laughs> imagine him being allowed to appear in something as dark and foreboding and horrific as that'll be the day can you probably not now no no um i mean when the, when those two films were made what what was slightly unusual about them is that people were already starting to look back mm, yeah at the 1960s as this lost golden era about five years after they ended yeah yeah uh, which tells you a lot about how people felt about the 1970s um and how downbeat things became very very quickly yeah um it's a brilliant book simon uh, where's the best place for people to buy it from does is amazon uh, good for you guys i, I never know yeah, how this I works think so i think it can be bought online if people want to google the title is uh you can buy it in all european countries and it's been reviewed favorably everywhere but, but, well, you, it, you can get it in most of the big bookshops if it's not on the shelf you can certainly order it okay i will i will tweet the amazon link if people want to have a look it's it, honestly it's one of those books where it, it it not only reads well it looks stunning um it you, you it, it's been put together with a lot of love and it's you should be very proud of it simon when's when's the next one coming out Is, do we have a date for that yet uh hopefully it'll be out in the next 12 to 18 months beautiful I do spend a lot of time on my research well if <laughs> good uh, if if I've still got a job here, Simon, then you've got you've got forty minutes to come in and and, and hawk okay. your book because it's a joy. The Thank book you. is Simon Matthews' Psychedelic Celluloid: British Pop Music and Film and TV, nineteen sixty five, nineteen seventy four. Right, phone lines are open to listener oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio is back. Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I've just tweeted the link for the book if you want to go and get it. Um, stop the music. Stop the music. We need to have... Um, we need to have... Um, we need to have... Um, this is what we need to have. Dear listeners, the phone lines is open. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee. Let the giggle factory open its doors. Who's the first customer rolling in for chuckles? Good evening, Ian. It's Alan Caddick, everybody. Hooray! Well done, Alan. Well Rock done. Rock on the cake. 
Lemon drizzle cake, hip, hip, hip. Hip, 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 sir. Up your bum. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Not today. There will be kinder access. Open my, um, well, I'm not going to say the word for it in, in German because I believe it's Dumpfkopf. Alan. I want to talk serious about the incident at Drayton Manor yesterday. We want to talk about serious about what? The incident at Drayton Manor Park yesterday. Oh, hang on. What was that? Uh, young 11-year-old girl... Oh, hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Let's bring down the vibe, let's bring down the vibe, let's stop the music. Um, why do you want to talk about that, Alan? Because I used to enjoy going to Drayton Mother Park when right. I was younger, and having with on Splash Canyon myself, Yes, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Well, obviously there was. I cannot think of... Um, cause I don't, I don't like, you know, the roller coasters and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't like the roller, but this wasn't even a roller coaster. This was just one of those rides. And I don't, I kind of don't want to dwell on it too much. I tell you why, Alan. I tell you, yeah. for, I tell you for why, because, um, mum and dad have lost their little girl. Yeah. Lo- it was a school trip. So there'd be what? 20, 30, 40 kids on a school and a trip. And we're teachers on a school trip. They've lost a friend. They've lost a classmate. They've lost a pupil. It is, without doubt, the saddest story uh, th- th- this week. And I feel bad even calling it a story. Um, a tragedy. It's, it's a tragedy. It is a literal tragedy. And, uh, uh, you know, as someone who's got kids and uh, someone who has kids that like to go on rides and you just, you, you send your kid out on a school trip, you don't imagine something as horrific as that is gonna happen. And I just, I just think it's the saddest, saddest thing. Yeah, it is very sad. But I've found something lighter to cheer the mood. Okay, what we need to do, clunky gear change, clunky gear change, we can do it. That's what we do on this show, so I'm going to make some clunky... Hang on, let me make a clunky... No, no, oh no, hang on, hang on. We're going to do a clunky uh, gear change noise. What the matter with it? There we go, one more time. What the matter with what it? What the matter with it? Donald Trump has used his catchphrase for the first time in his presidency. So, Donald Trump is first time in his presidency. He's used his catchphrase. What catchphrase? You're, You're fired. He's fired for the right to the FBI. Alan, can I ask you a question? Sure. Have you been taking drugs today? Because you're all over the shop. No, just my usual all over the place. Yeah, so. well, Donald Trump has fired the head of the FBI and he said it's because of the way he investigated Hillary. Oh, chinny on Donald. Chinny on Jimmy Hill. Jimmy Hill, Mr. Trump. Jimmy Hill. It, it, it reminds me of Watergate all over again. Well, tell me what you know about Watergate. I knew Nixon had to resign because there was a cover-up. Of? His presidency. Of? The people breaking into the Watergate Hotel. And? Because he was being investigated. You haven't got a clue what happened in Watergate. You haven't got a clue what happened in Watergate. You haven't got a clue what I'm asking you what happened. You don't know what happened. <laughs> you don't know what happened, and you've cited Watergate as an example, and you literally have no idea what you literally have no idea what happened in Watergate. Well, then don't mention, don't bring it up. If it's before your time, if it's before your time, why are you bringing it up? Because that's what the press were quoting. Well, don't quote them. Oh, oh. 
Don't quote the press! If you do oh, I'm angry now! If you don't know what Watergate is, then don't quote Watergate! Oh, what do you want me talking about the Labour election campaign? No, I don't want you talking about that because we can't, because there's rules in place! Oh, I'm angry! Well, we're going to give both to the Monster Waving Looney Party as well. I'm going to get cut you off! I don't think the Monster Raving Looney Party is standing anymore. I think I think they survived a few years after the death of Screaming Lord Such, but then I think they, they have gone now. I think... 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Oh, he got me angry there. Oh, he got me angry. Imagine citing Watergate, but then not knowing what happened at Watergate. Here's the thing. I don't quite know what happened at Watergate myself. What I do know. Let's go for it. Shall we do it? Shall we do it? Let's, let's, let's pretend... I have rocked up at a school, and they, I think I'm there to give a talk on radio, and they say, oh no, you're here to give a talk on Watergate. Now, what am I going to do? I'm not going to back out, because that's the coward's way, and only a coward would back out. So I'm not going to back out, I'll go, oh yeah, Watergate, hmm, okay, I can do that. Here we go, nervously drinks water. So... Watergate, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. By the way, if you want to chip in, guys. So, um, Watergate, the Watergate scandal of nineteen seventy three involved Richard Nixon, the President of the United States of America, ordering that conversations between top government advisers be secretly recorded so that he would know what was going on. Those conversations were secretly and indeed illegally recorded. Now, when rumour got out that the President of the United States had hoarded, ordered, hoarded, ordered secret and illegal recordings of conversations, he went, oh, 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 oh. oh I gotta say, I'm Richard Nixon. And that's not a bad Richard Nixon impression, guys. I gotta say, I, no, I, no, 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 McGill, Mr. McGill, no recordings were made. Right, so he went out and said, no, no recordings were made, Mr. McGill. Um, but then he then had to order um, uh, the CIA to break in to the place where the tapes. Catherine's nodding because she, she's reading it and I'm knowing it. They then had to break. This is the, the real. So the scandal was two parts. The scandal was him secretly recording stuff that illegally. But the main part of the scandal was him ordering the CIA to break into where the tapes were, were, were held and steal the tapes. The tapes were stolen. But then, but then, but then, um, someone called Deep Throat then phoned up. Um, Warren Beatty and Robert Redford and told them exactly what had happened and sent them a little snatch of the Watergate tapes. Boom! That, uh, the, that, that exploded. It became the parallax view, uh, which we all know and love. And Richard Nixon had, I've done nothing wrong. Oh my God. And he had to resign. Boom! 
Class dismissed. High fives all round. That's not bad, is it? That's not bad. That's not bad. None of you suckers are called in with it because none of you suckers know anything about it because you're into your fake news. You're, you're trusting me for a history lesson. All I know is about films like Cucumber Castle. I don't know about Watergate, but I know more than you do. Why? Because I read a book once. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You'll be more than um, welcome to. I've got a feeling it's going to be one of those shows tonight. Tomorrow, by the way, dear listener, tomorrow it's a lying down special. We need to extend these microphones, guys, so that I can lie down. Get this screen on the floor next to me. It's going to be beautiful. You guys need to lie down as well. Bring a pillow if you want. Bring a pi- here's, my, here's my catchphrase tomorrow. Bring a pillow if you're a pussy. That's the catchphrase for tomorrow. I'm going to be doing oh naturel, just lying on the floor. Not naked. I'm not a pervert. Um, but I will be just lying on the floor. Um, you can only call in tomorrow um, if you're lying down. That's the simple thing. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. On a week when we're getting no phone calls, I'm imposing even stricter umbongos on the people that can actually phone in that's the that's the that's the way i roll that's the way i roll by the way um guests coming up mr roger mcgoff dear listener mr roger mcgoff i'll be going to his house to record an interview um with mr roger mcgoff which i'm very very excited about we've also got harold bronson coming on who he he only started rhino records he's got a new book out but he started rhino records the record label uh which is very exciting and ah look my attempt to my attempt to blag backstage passes for the beach boys next friday has failed miserably oh man alive oh man alive Oh well, these things, these things happen. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. Why have people stopped calling in? Uh, it, it, surely, surely it can't be my um, a brusque demeanour. Surely that can't be the case. Maybe they're right to take me off on June the eighth. Maybe that was the right call to make because nobody's calling anymore, guys. You know what? Screw you, losers. I'm not speaking until someone calls in because I've just done a lot of speaking and I'm stopping now. Nope, no calls yet. No calls yet. Here they come. Here they come. I knew it. I knew it. There we go. They're welcome through. They didn't want to come on. What? What cut? What the f- ah! What? Did they say anything to you? Get on the microphone, Catherine, and tell me, because I saw someone phone up. You tell me exactly what just happened. I said hello, talk radio, they put the phone down. Absolute asses. What kind of sick, masturbatory loner phones up a radio show 
and then puts the phone down immediately. What kind of deviant thinks that that is acceptable behaviour? Because I tell you what, I tell you what, I don't think it's acceptable behaviour. I think it's bloody awful behaviour. I really do. Yes, caller, you're on the air. Jeez. Oh. You want to get that coffee? I've got a dirty... Oh, no, go away. Let's... I uh, want to get that cough scene too. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening. What took you so long? Uh, I, I couldn't bear the silence anymore. Yeah, well, that's... that's that's That was my, my trick, you see. That was my trick. Was to I, was, I was going to call you, though, about something. About here's, something here's something psychedelic. You're what called is- Jamie and you phone me up, yeah? Yeah. The next caller I can see being racked up. Do you know what his name is? Jamie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you know? There's also another Jamie. There's three of us. Three Jamies? Yeah. Are you never a James? No, I, I hate that. A Jim? I'm sometimes a Jim, mostly a Jay. If I... A Jay? Oh, for God's sake. Are you trying to sound like Snoop Dogg? What? Jay? <laughs> no. If I was a Jamie, I'd be a, I'd be a Jim. Jim, I do get Jim sometimes. I quite like Jim. Yeah, Jim, and as, as you get older, you, you're going to grow into being a Jim. Yeah, it makes me feel grown up. Yeah, yeah. Go on then, Jim, what you got? Well, I was, I've, I've got children, like, I've got millions of children. What? And I was talking to two of them the other day, the two boys. Yes. And they are like six and seven years old. Yep, beautiful. And we were discussing language yes. and why some words are perceived as wrong. Yes. And they can evoke such emotion, but they're really just... Just letters. squiggles on a piece just, of paper. It's just letters, just a noise coming out of the back of your throat. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't understand why it can hurt so much. And we discussed different words, and we came on to swear words. Mm-hmm. And we discussed them, and at the end of the conversation... I don't know if I should have done this. Oh. I thought I was being grown up, but Uh-oh. in retrospect, maybe not. Mm-mm. At the end of the conversation, I could see them. They were just... We'd spoken about the swear words. You told them to F off. You've got one, <laughs> no. You've got one minute to say any swear word you want. Oh, please tell me. You, please tell me you record. How old are they? Um, seven and eight. Oh. Six and seven. Sorry. That's, look, a, that's too young. So that's really bad parenting. But B, please tell me you recorded it. I didn't. You idiot. I didn't want any evidence. <laughs> you idiot. So you gave um, them a minute to say all the all the swear words they could think of. And I said, I never, ever want to hear them come out of your mouth again, even when okay. you're older. This is this is the worst parenting I've ever heard in my life. The older boy, his first choice was bum. Yeah, okay, bum, yeah. Willie, yeah, but Willie came out? Willie, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Willie came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you like and that? Um, like that, my, the youngest one went straight for the S word. Whoa! Oh, it was horrible. It was almost painful to hear. I thought I was being quite grown up and what was the keep... what was the heart, what was the biggest word the sweariest word they went for they didn't drop it a C bomb did they it wasn't the worst one no no MF no 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 <laughs> if, if they bad. called you an MF I mean you come if on they... you'd be secretly high fiving them <laughs> Go on, son. no but uh, he did drop the F F bomb and wow and you didn't record this Jamie no. This is this is. It, it was a spontaneous conversation, mate. You always, you always should be able to whip out your phone and press record. That is, that is. I've got to be honest. If you can think of a worse example of parenting than that, then let me know because that's terrible. Um, 
Kids swearing is very, very funny, though. It it really is a, an absolute delight. Jamie, too, you stay there. 0344-499-1000 is the uh, telephone number. If you want to give us a call, Late Nights with Ian Lee. Don't forget to tick your Rage Our Diaries. It's Talk Radio. Late Nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. So when we go to New York, uh, July the 12th, uh, June the 12th, June the 12th, June the 12th, to June the 16th, it kind of dawned on me today, whoa, hey, why you jump? It kind of dawned on me today, we should, uh, as well as doing the radio show there, we're going to do the radio show five days a week, we're going to pre-record, I'll have a cup of go- English breakfast please. Uh, we're going to pre-record loads of bits and pieces, and we're going to meet loads of really cool people and be guests on other people's podcasts and radio shows. It's going to be cool. But then it dawned on me. Well, hang on a minute. Why don't we? Um, why don't we? Why don't we hire a really small venue that holds like twenty to fifty people? Sort of lunchtime around twelve, one o'clock, and record some episodes of. The rabbit hole. And it, it, this, this afternoon, when I had this idea, I'd had a coffee. It seemed like a really good idea. So I spent the afternoon emailing loads of little venues and art and rehearsal rooms and stuff, and um, explaining what was going on and what we were doing and. Um, I mean, they, they've all come back and said no, but yeah, I, I still, I still think. I still think it could work. I still think it could work. You'd come and see us live in New York, wouldn't you? Admittedly, I nicked the ideas from the two mics because that's what they're doing. I mean, if those guys. Those guys are doing it. We charge like ten dollars on the door, and ten dollars. What's that? Like six, seven pounds, and come in. It's a two, an hour and a half show, and we record stuff, and it would be awesome, wouldn't it? So, if you have any suggestions for, I mean, we still only got two places to do the radio show from. Oh God, oh God! Don't worry, we can do it in my hotel room in my pants because apparently that's what ca- apparently that is classifies as doing um, a, a radio show. Some broadcasters travelling around the United States are just sat in their hotel room in their pants. Droning on for an hour and fifty minutes. Can't bother the two hours. Uh, no, we're going to come to good places. But I just if we can find a place, and we'd have to do it at about twelve. It'd have to be like lunchtime because the, the radio show over there is going to be um, at five o'clock. And so we need to do it about lunchtime. We do it on the Wednesday or the Thursday. And it also means you guys can watch us on Periscope and um, Skype in and stuff like that. I think we can do it. 
I think we can find a place. We can, we can get 10, 15 people to come along. I'm sure we could. I am sure we could. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand is the telephone number. Late nights with Ian Lee on talk radio. I should set the stall out again. Jamie, Jerry, I'll come to you in a minute because new listeners coming on board all the time. Some old listeners jumping off board, they're walking the plank. That's fine, guys. That's fine. But we're getting new listeners. So, here's how it works. If you're waiting for me to start talking about fox hunting, or you're waiting for me to start talking about leaked Labour manifestos, or you're waiting for me to start talking about um, uh, uh, Tim Farron's Christianity, or you're waiting for me to start talking about Muslims, or Brexit, or immigrants, or Tommy Robinson, who um, got arrested while he was doing journalism. That's an actual phrase someone put on the internet he was is anyone going to stand up for tommy robinson who was arrested doing journalism um no if um if that's what you're waiting for me to talk about the show doesn't work like that i don't sit here and um do those tired old tropes i heard you know we did robot special yesterday i listened to another radio station last night they did a robot special and you know what their robot special sucked it sucked a fat one because they were saying it was bad that robots were going to take over. And I was thinking, you suckers, you lightweights, don't you realise it's the best thing that could happen to us? So I'm not going to sit here and throw out those boring, old, tired, cliched phone-in subjects. If you want that on a phone-in show, either listen to another radio station or listen to this show on June the 8th, okay? Because when, when I'm on, it's not what we do. Instead, I sit here and I talk nonsense and I go through the papers and I tell you how my head is feeling and I tell you what I've got coming up tomorrow. I'm going to BBC Radio 4 to record a programme with Matthew Paris about Andy Kaufman. And I will sit here and talk rubbish. You are welcome, dear listener, at any moment to pick up the telephone and either dive into the pool of nonsense I'm discussing and um, try and keep up with me or... You can phone in about those tired old tropes, about Brexit, about Trump, about Muslims, about... You can phone in about that stuff. You can phone in and tell me, Ian, I'm having a really lousy day. And nobody seems to understand why I'm having a lousy day. Can I just stand here and dump for three minutes? Verbally dump for three minutes. You can do that. You can phone up and tell me you think the show's a load of old crap. You can do that. It's literally unlike any other phone-in show in the world. Oh, 03, here's the phone number. I'm giving you the phone number. This is the only cliched bit. It's when I give you the phone number. I kind of have to do it. Otherwise, you won't know what number to call in on. You dig? Oh, 03, 44, 499, 1000. Oh, 03, 44, 499, 1000. Cost you pennies, probably even free from a lot of phones. You will speak to Catherine. She will take your name and your number and she will call you back immediately. Listen to this. This is a good bit of music. This is good, isn't it? Do you know who's playing this? Should I tell you? 
Yoshiyuki Kawaguchi. Yeah, that's right, Japanese. He's my mate, Yoshiyuki Kawaguchi. Oh, he's my good mate of mine. Right, let's go to Jerry. Yes, Jerry? Hello. Hello, Hello Jerry. And then she had a link with London in 15 minutes and you didn't tease the listeners. Do you want to fight? No. I've got an idea. Make it radio, Tom. Bandwave. Yes. Radio, radio. Across the world. You could, you could fly to New York back to London. Or should it be the truth? I, I remember. I think I'm the only person that remembers. I um, satellite television channel would start and then it would close down about three weeks later because it was obviously a bad idea. And the best one, the best one that did it, well, there were two. There was one called Avago, which our boss here, Stevie Morgan, used to work on. I used to love Avago. It was bingo on the telly. I used to love it. But the best one was one called Bedroom TV. Did you ever watch Bedroom TV, Jerry? No. Mate, it was brilliant. What it was, right, it was insane, yeah. is you would, people would film themselves doing a pop video, and you'd send it in, and they would show it. So I would quite often film myself in a balaclava, um, uh, miming to a Beyonce song, and then they'd show it. You'd send it in, and they'd show it. Jesus, I need to restart that. That, that, that is that is what is wrong with this country now, Jerry. There's no bedroom TV. Yeah. Bring on the robot, br- Jerry. Bring on the robot revolution. Just think, if we with, with robots. Um, you'd be able to walk and talk properly. Yeah. They turn. Yeah. They would. They would yeah. robotize. Yeah. You can yeah. see that they've got robot legs now. I've seen it. People who can't walk. They yeah. honestly I robot legs. You wear them. There was a. F- got legs. Just very well. There was a fella, Jerry. This is absolutely true. There was a fella, um, and it was his daughter's wedding. And you, you've seen this, didn't you, Kath? And he couldn't walk, right? And he surprised her. He rented these robot legs, massive robot legs, and he stood up. And he danced with his daughter on her wedding, and he couldn't walk. Yes. I missed that, Jerry, because I was still I was still fantasizing about being turned into a robot. I'm sorry. Imagine a sex bot, Jerry. A, 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 every care home like yours would have one sex bot, and it would get passed around. <laughs> yeah, now you're thinking. Metal Mickey, you won't like this. Now you're thinking, huh? Yeah, there'd be Mickey, wet wipes. Like that, from the busters. Yeah, well. Um, Dubbing on robots. The Bernie Man. Hello, that's the thing, that's the thing. Can I ask, is the phone in the same room as you, Jerry? Yes, I'm in the toilet now. With the, with the wife covering my bits. Yeah. Your, your Parkinson's have been a bit all over the place recently, is not it? It's the weather is killing me. It's really affecting me at the moment. Has it been quite warm where my you are today? My pulse was 111 today. The what? My pulse was 111. Hey, we don't, you don't want a sex bot then. Uh, um, yeah. is it been, has it been warm where you are then? Yes, and it's got a 
Yeah, they do. They do in they do in some places. NHS in NHS places they have to keep the heating on for like eight months of the year. Sorry, he's gone, Jerry's gone all falsetto then. I've never heard that before. Huh? You sound like Frankie uh-huh. Valley. Come on. You went all falsetto, you went, ooh! Oh. Woo! Jerry, listen, I'm going to move on. It's good to talk to you. I hope tomorrow's a bit cooler for you, buddy. Thank you, Peace and love, and up your bum. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. English breakfast tea, too much milk, but you want to know that. But then, right? So just here's the next one. So too much milk. The next one you're going to make without enough milk. Split the difference. Between this and the one you haven't made that's got uh, not enough milk in, and we'll be there. 0344 499 1000 is the uh, telephone number. That, of course, was music by Yoshiyuki Kawaguchi, and so is this. Listen to this. This is good. This is good. This is. Yeah, come on. Have I got the whole album here? Hang on, bear with me. Yes! We got... Hang on a minute. Let's start again. We got the whole album. We're playing the whole album. Yoshiyuki Kawaguchi! Life begins at 40! This is that bass. Boom, 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 boom. sit here singing the bass to you all evening but guys i just think some of you might complain so instead let's go to jamie hi ian how's it going it's going as well as it can be jamie as well as it can be well that's good i had something i wanted to talk to you about but i cannot believe you just mentioned bedroom tv do you remember it I do, I was on it. Well, what, did, what videos did you... I would send in videos of me in a balaclava miming to Beyonce. It was wonderful. What videos did you send in? Oh, I used to send in uh, videos of me air-guitaring to tracks, uh, one of them being a status quo track from the mid-70s, and I'd sent it in, um, in Torsha and everything, and they showed it several times, and I used to have people walking up to me saying, <laughs> we saw you on Bedroom TV. <laughs> wow, people actually watched... Bedroom TV. I can't believe it either, it, if I'm honest. Oh, I thought I was the only... Because quite often there was a lot of it was, um, like, 15-year-old girls um, yeah. singing into hairbrushes. And for about six months it was constant Barbie girl, I think. It was YouTube... Yeah. ...around the time that YouTube started, I seem to remember. It was, and, and it was quite a big thing, and, and oh. similar channels popped up after that. There were a few others, weren't there? And I, I'm, I'm struggling to think 
what they were. I mean, I was doing this when I was um, was on the eleven o'clock show, and so I just get bored and would get high and put on a balaclava and 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 mind. And I made it look really very. I had sunglasses on, and it was all shot very dark, so you couldn't really see a lot. And they'd show it. They'd show it. <laughs> I don't, and they'd never tell you either. No. Just appear. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, guys. If anybody is sitting on the bedroom TV vaults, for the love of all that is holy, please, please, please release those vaults. Unlock please. those vaults. Release that footage. We need to see it. Yeah. We need we to see I'm... it, guys. I mean, there was one video I was in where I had a cold at the time. Oh. And I said, oh, I'm going to wear five layers and yeah. literally just take it off layer by layer. Crazy. And they actually showed it. Okay, you are you are insane. They are insane. But boy, oh boy, we need more insane people. I don't mean criminally insane. We need less of those. I mean, just nuts. Yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree there because it was something quite unique. Well, now it's it's all it is all you know YouTube. Any 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 uh, th- I don't think there are any channels that in TV channels that encourage interaction anymore. Even no. the red button is dead. The red button never took off. Well, whenever TV tries interaction like that uh, ITV don't ask me thing, it's very slow and drawn out. Hang on, ITV don't ask me? What's that? It's uh, Don't Ask Me, Ask Britain with Alexander Armstrong. God, it sounds awful. It it, it is kind of, and it's really Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, this is insane, you just brought me a second cup of tea. Jesus, I've just finished the cup of tea. He's trying to drown me. Here's something. You know you can drown if you drink too much tea. That's a fact. You can even Google that. That is a fact. If you drink too... This this was... They used it to murder someone, and I can't think who. This is absolutely true. That I was right on Watergate. They murdered someone by force-feeding them tea, and they drowned... That is unbelievable. Hang on, big finish, big finish. Yeah, well, well, it's, it's a smattering, a smattering of applause. Jamie, what was what was the um, the point that you had? Well, I mean, before I listened to the previous conversation, I rang up to say that actually I enjoyed the first hour of the interview, oh. and uh, I, I thought about you know, bands and films and TV shows. Yeah. And at the moment, I'm watching through the Monkeys TV series for the first time. Wowzers, good for and you. And I, I wondered um, what your favourite episode was. It's, I can tell you, I find the episodes, I find uh, the middle of season one quite boring, where they go to the circus and they go, bo- I find them quite dull. My favourite yeah. episode is as follows. Season two... Episode one, it's a nice place to visit. It's where the monkeys yeah. go to Mexico and the monkey mobile breaks down and they haven't got enough money to get it fixed. So they have to go and play a concert at the local cantina. Um, and Davy falls in love with a girl called Angelita. What does Angelita mean? Um, uh, there's a brilliant line in it. He, she, her name's Angelita and Davy says to her, what does Angelita mean? She goes, oh, it means angel. And she says, what does Davy mean? And the other monkeys go. Davy means business, baby. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> gag. And um, and uh, but she is she is the girlfriend, of course, of El Diablo, who is the uh, the Mexican bandit. And um, they um, they have to have a gunfight. And it's just it's wonderful and it's beautiful and it's it's stupid and it's my favorite favorite episode. 
Well, why not? I have seen that one. It is a great one. What's your favourite? I would have to say it's the spy that came in from the call. Is that the name of it? That's now, which one? I always get a bit confused with their spy ones. Which which one is it? That is in season one. Yeah. And that's in the first five episodes or so. Okay. And there is some brilliant Bond spoofery going yeah, on there, which this... I think is which I think is great. They do some great gags. There's a lovely, lovely gag when um, they're... I don't think it's that. It's, I think it's called... Uh, it's one where they, 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 they're tricked into robbing a bank because they think they're making yeah. a movie, but actually they're robbing a bank, and it's wonderful. That's right, yeah. And they're in the monkey's pad, and they are surrounded by the police. And the police go, Come out with your hands up, you're surrounded. And Peter Talk starts panicking. And the guys go, Peter, what's wrong? He goes, Oh my God, it's that library book I've had. It's five months overdue. And there's a wonderful scene where he opens the door and crawls out and puts the library book out there. And it's just delicious. And there's all these wonderful little gags in there. Towards the end of season two, they get a bit too stoned. And, yeah. and you, they've got this glazed look on their eyes. And I just think they get a little bit lazy with the ones towards the end. But uh, there's, they're, they're always fun to watch. Oh, they really are. And, I mean, I'm a huge fan of sitcoms. And, I mean, I bought it, and I sat down with my partner, and I literally mm. thought, I'd never seen this before. Yeah. And I watched that pilot episode, and we both went, what on earth yeah. is this? And oh, we were nuts. both hooked. It's nuts. Jamie, yeah. listen, thank you for that. I could geek off about the monkeys all day, but sadly, some people don't like that. Uh, but the series is, I mean, it is, it, people think, oh, yeah, the monkeys, the music, is the music. No, 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 no. The, 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 the television show is where it's at. And I'm reminded I need to sit down and watch that Blu-ray box set, because I got them all, and I've, I've not sat through them, and I need to sit through them. They are just joyous. Some are a little bit dumb. You've got to remember, it's a show for eight-year-olds but considering there's a show for eight-year-old girls boy oh boy they got away with a lot of drug references i mean re- d- d- towards the end of season two they do an episode called the frodis caper frodis was their code name for um dope the whole thing and they've got they, they walk into this room and it's full of smoke and they come out going hey man groovy it, it really it's a very strange program um it's ladies and gentlemen um some of you may like to go to the toilet some of you may like to go and have your um e- e- evening ablutions some of you might like to go and walk your dog before bed because it's the um the part that we which rates the lowest um out of all of the show this part rates the lowest it's one call paul from stoke poges Okay, right, this is not the main reason I've just fa- I've phoned in for, but I've just thought you just talked about the red bu- using the red button. Yes, never I did. On this. Yes, I did. And no one is going to ju- And I'm proud of that I did, Paul. Yeah, okay, I will tell you, it does not work because when I watch sports programs covered by the BBC and it's snooker or golf and they're showing it on a BBC One or BBC Two. BBC then, One? And then, BB, and then Hazel Irvine would interrupt and say, press the be- red button to continue watching this match. Yes. I press the red button and my TV just turns off. Well, maybe you're pressing the off button. Yeah, because it's a red button. There you go, that's not... Okay. Oh, was that a joke? It was a... I just thought of it, yeah. Well, it wasn't very funny. Okay, never mind. I'll get to the point. Why? Here's the thing. Here's the thing, one call, right? None of your jokes work. Hey, guess where I was today? Costa Coffee and Farnham Common. Absolutely correct, sucker. Abs- I was there for two hours. Well, there you go. I never turned up. No, I? you didn't turn up, you absolute sucker. I would not. I, would even, I know I'd recognise you. I would not introduce myself. Yes, I you would. would. You would. 
No, you, 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 not, you wouldn't just introduce yourself to me once. You'd introduce yourself to me five times. Maybe I'd offer you'd to come you a latte. A what? Latte. A latte. You'd come and sit at my table. I might even buy you a cheese and toasted... I don't want food from panini. you. You disgust me. <laughs> okay, can I get it to my point? It's important. I bet it's not. Okay, right. Okay, it is. I bet it's not important. You well, are playing some I music, though. You like playing music, yeah? important or interesting. You like playing music, yeah, on your show? Um... It's still before midnight, yeah? Today's date is exactly the 90th anniversary of something that was a jazz recording that was recorded on today's day exactly 90 years ago that was totally revolutionary as a song that was so ahead of its time. Do you know what it is? And can you look it up? Well, uh, I'm not going to look it up. I don't know what it is. And because you said the J word, I'm not interested. You were playing that Yoshi flipping stuff that was based on jazz music, basically. Right. Okay, I will tell you, right, is the song by Louis, is the tune by Louis Armstrong called Potato Head Blues. For God's sakes, man, you said, you said this was important, you're talking about a song called Potato Head Blues. Yeah, you, 1927, this day, 90 years ago, on this day, it was first recorded. Why the hell? No, hang on a minute. It's totally revolutionary and ahead of its time. Why, here's, here's what I don't understand, right, going off a completely different subject, because yours was boring and mine's interesting, right? Why, how does Facebook suggest people you may know? How does it know people I may know? Because I tell, I, I tell you, it's just popped up. Kath, get this, right? It's just popped up on people you may know on Facebook. Nick Coffer. <laughs> Nick Coffer. Who I used to work with. He's popped up on people you may know. But how does Facebook know I might know them? I don't have a Facebook account, but I get three me- emails a day from, from them saying, do you know this person? Can I, I add you any, to my LinkedIn? Can I add you to my LinkedIn? Yeah, I have a LinkedIn account with a picture of me. I've never had a LinkedIn account in my life. Yeah, well, that's a stalker that set that up. No, I, I, seriously. Yeah, no, seriously. I don't have a Twitter account. I don't have it. Seriously, that's a stalker that set that up. And I I wouldn't be surprised if you ended up murdered. Maybe I should walk around with a stab-proof vest, then. I think it might be an idea, one call. You look up... You play Potato Head Blues. It's the truth. Nope, I'm not going to. 03444991000, Late Nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Uncut after-hours conversation for the up-all-night generation. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Let's go to... Oh, hang on. We haven't got any callers. Guys! Wagwan! Wapan! What's going on with you guys? 03444991000. Hands up who saw the Prime Minister on the one show. No. Why does anyone watch the one show? Prime Minister to one side. Why does, I've been on the one show. I've been, I tell you, I was, the last time I was on the one show, shall I tell you who I was sat next to? David Cameron, just before he became prime minister. And I, they made me offer him 
a, a Gordon Brown sausage roll. I don't remember why. That's the level of the one show. Here's the thing about David Cameron I noticed, right? When on screen, I sat next to him. Oh, chatty, 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 chatty. As soon as the, the, the programme finished, he made a point of moving. So he's, I, he had his back to me. I sat right there. He had his back to me. And he was talking to Charles and um, Bleakley. Because Charles and Bleakley, obviously, could help him. I couldn't. So he made a point of actually turning. And I was sat there for about a minute. And I went... walked off. Imagine that. Future former Prime Minister did that to me. Unbelievable. But I don't get the one show, right? And I can say this. I was ceremoniously, um, well, not sacked from the one show. They don't sack you from the one show. Not after Carol Thatcher used the N-word. They don't sack you. Um, What they do is they just stop hiring you again. And um, I got stopped being hired from the one show because I'd phoned up Victoria Derbyshire's radio show um, under a pseudonym and had a go at um, a drugs cheat. And so as a result of that, I was dropped from the... Wasn't dropped from the one show. No, Ian, when we phoned them up, no, 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 no. I'm not going to drop you from the one show. No, we'll definitely keep you in mind for stuff. Never use me again. And 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 the the only reason I did the one show was because uh, exposure. You don't know where it might lead. It wasn't for money because you know how much they paid to go and make a, a, a crappy little film for there. Two hundred and fifty quid, half a cath, and it would quite often take you two days. Two days work, half a cath, two hundred and fifty. Oh, I, I had to. I, one of the films I had to make. We went away. We had, we went away and stayed somewhere, and then we went, and then we could have come back. But the guy that was directing it, who I thought was a bit of a knob. We had, we then drove another 50 miles away from London so we could go and have lunch with his dad. Jeez, the arrogance. And the film was so boring. It was so dull. It was about, um, it was about the people, (laughs) the people that fix electricity cables when they fall down, when they break. And so the film was us going to some field somewhere where an electricity cable had broken and interviewing the person that did it. And I think I may have even gone up in the cherry picker for a bit. And then we filmed them and that took two days of my life. And it was awful. And it was... The one show is wallpaper. It's wallpaper television would i go on it again if they asked me only to plug something i wouldn't go i wouldn't want to go on there i'd host it of course because i bet it pays quite good um i would go on there to promote the radio show or promote a live show or a book or something because it's got a big audience but i wouldn't go on there for 250 quid again i mean flipping heck same amount you got for doing something on um watchdog and it is just one of the worst television programmes ever. Do you? I don't know what. Oh, we're talking about because she was on. Do you watch it? Do you? I mean, does anyone make a point of going? Oh no! Y- yeah, sorry. I've got to end this phone call. The one show's about to start. Yeah. It, do you remember? You, you, you won't remember this because you're you're a lot younger than me. Um, but there was a program called Nationwide. And Nationwide was quite innovative in its time. It was on at seven o'clock, I think, and it was um, it was all different regions, and then they'd kind of link up with Frank Boff or something like that. 
um, uh, 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 that Nationwide had balls compared to the one show, compared to the tepid, insipid, bland chewing gum that's been chewed for three days, wallpaper television that is the one show, the, the Nationwide was like a porno compared to that. It was like a snuff movie compared to the one show. Absolute bloody garbage. Garbage. And our politicians are deciding to go on there. Flipping it. Yeah, because Alec Jones and that fella, they're really going to give you a tough time, huh? So, tell us, um, which one of you put the bins out? That was a question on there. Jeez. (laughs) <laughs> June Sarpong interviewing Blair. I like June Sarpong. I've worked with June Sarpong. We did a very, very well-paid um, corporate gig, myself and Ms. Sarpong, for Cobra Beer. Very, I think I might have got like 10 grand or something. No, maybe five. Maybe five for that. 0344 499 1000 is the um, telephone number if you uh, want to give us a call. There's a made-up story in the newspapers. You want to hear it? Made up. Saxgate Row brand gets radio safety nets. Made up story. Do you want to hear it? It's made up. Um, so Russell Brown's got a, um, a job on um, failing uh, internet station um, Radio X, which is weird he's got a job there because I heard it was closing down in the next six weeks. That and LBC, they've just decided that it's not worth it, so they're going to stop. Listen to this. Russ's gob tamed. I like Russell Brand, by the way. Let's just let's let's get my cards on the table here. I like Russell Brand. I think um, uh, I met him once years and years ago before he was Russell Brand, and he was absolutely uh, polite and delightful and charming. And I think he's he's a talent. And I I don't I, not necessarily my cup of tea, but I think he's 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 you know he's one of those people that we should applaud and we should celebrate and we should uh, pat on the back and say, isn't it good that we've got people like Russell Brand? Anyway. Here's the made-up story, guys. 03444991000. Russell Brand has had a 10-second delay slapped on... There we go. That was a... I just did a dump there. Just did a dump there, you see? I could do another one. Could do another one. Russell Brand has had a 10-second delay slapped on his new radio show by nervous bosses. No, he hasn't. They'll all have it on there. They'll all have it. The comic has started his first broadcasting job since the Saxgate scandal. No, it's not. It's his first broadcast. His first broadcasting job. I don't think so. But Radio X chiefs have left nothing to chance by insisting on the delay... In case Brand slips up on his two-hour Sunday morning slot. A source said, Russell may have settled down and become a family man, but he's still capable of letting his tongue get the better of him. He'll forever be known for Saxgate, and the last thing radio bosses want is a repeat of that scandal. Brand quit Radio 2 in disgrace. Well... 2008, 2008, nine years ago. 
after he and pal Jonathan Ross made prank calls to Faulty Towers, actor Andrew Sachs, and left lewd voicemails. Brand is proving popular with listeners, but is aware this could be his last chance on radio. The 41-year-old was fired from his XFM show in 2002 for reading pornography live on air. He has settled down recently after becoming a father. Well, the thing is, I I kind of think Russell Brand has made quite a bit of money. And the money he'll be getting from a two-hour weekly radio show, let's be generous, let's be generous, and say, tops, he's he's getting 600 quid. Let's, 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 and that's generous. That's generous, right? 600 quid a week. I don't think he's, I don't think he's dependent on that. He's one of those people that wants to do stuff for the art of doing stuff, for the opportunity to have two hours on the radio and talk about stuff. By the way, did you know I'm getting a show on Virgin Radio? Did I mention that, guys? Saturday afternoons? Didn't mention that? Okay. Playlist, but still, be me. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late nights, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Let me read you some of the generous comments that are being posted on Facebook right now, shall we? Really, he's sniffing at two hundred and fifty effing quid. Some people would die for that amount in their wages. I'm actually disgusted that he's scoffing at that effing amount. Wait, wait, Sorry, what? Sorry, sorry, what? 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 What radio show are you listening to? Well, I don't understand. Are you listening to this one? Because you're coming up with your complete own narrative, you absolute pudding. At what point was I scoffing at it? I said I wouldn't go on the one show to film for two days for two hundred and fifty quid. It ain't worth it. That's what I said. So that's me scoffing at it, is it? You absolute puddings. It's not worth the amount it would suck from my soul to go on there for 250 quid. No, I wouldn't do it. Is that me scoffing at it? If you think it is, well, then you're an absolute pudding. Grow some balls and phone up. Absolute idiots. People, for God's sakes. No, I I, I would not go on the one show for 250 quid. Is that me scoffing? Is that me flipping my nose? Is that me being out of touch with people? I don't think so. No. People. People take pictures of each other. Julie. Oh, no, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. The screen's gone funny. Hang on a minute. Let's try. Julie. Hello. I'm disgusted that he's scoffing at that (laughs) effing amount. Throw in a few swear words to show your working class roots. I thought it maybe maybe it's about time that has anybody phoned you up to tell you how to do your job recently? No, for goodness oh. sakes, no. <laughs> um, the one show. Yes, I'm so pleased that you said that you can't bear it. That's awful. It's, every, it's everything that I that I hate. It's everything I hate. I, I'm offended by it, and I don't know who watches it. Julie, um, Julie, let me stop you there. Yeah, he's phoned in. Go on. <laughs> Go on. I grew some, yeah, nuts and rang in. Some people would die for that amount. Oh, don't be such an idiot. No one's going to die for 250 quid. What stupid thing to say. Ian, come on. Mate, who's going to die for 250 quid? 
Um, somebody that doesn't earn 250 quid. You're an idiot. You Honestly, you're an idiot. You think someone in this country is going to die for 250 quid? People die for less. Where? Give me an example. I can't. No, of course you can't, because you're just saying stuff. You're just saying stuff. And my decision not to go on the one show to film for two days for 250 quid, where is that, where is that me scoffing at that? Because you basically said that anybody that would go. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Don't tell me what I basically said. I'll tell you what I said. What I said was, I ain't going to go on the one show to film for two days for 250 quid. So don't tell me what I said. That's what I said. So what part of that. that? So what part of that is me scoffing (laughs) at people? And then you said, why would anybody do that? Yeah, what part of that is me scoffing at people? You saying, why would anybody do that? Oh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. Oh, come on, Ian. No, you come on. You've just posted a sweary message on Facebook, slagging me off, saying I'm scoffing at people. No, I'm not. What I said was, I wouldn't go on the one show for two days filming for 250 quid. You're getting very angry. Yeah, because you're talking out your arse. No, I just... No, you're not. You've not given. No, you've not. Though you've not given anything to back it up. You've not given anything to back it up. Wow. Back it up. I did. With what? With the fact that you said, "Why would anybody?" Yeah. Why would? Okay, I'll say it. Why would anybody go on the one show for two hundred and fifty quid? Why would anybody do that? Because they needed the money. Oh, you're an idiot. What does that even mean? How can you say what does that even mean? Because you're just you're just saying words. You're just saying words and meaning nothing. They're not going to invite anybody on the one show for 250 quid. So my decision not to go on there because it sucks my soul out is my decision. How dare you? How dare you question the decisions I make in my career? How dare you? What gives you the right? You have no right to do that. As a listener... No, no, you don't. You have no right to question my decisions on my career. Not any. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But you have no right to question anybody wanting to go on to the one show for £250. On an entertainment show, I made a throwaway comment that you have taken literally. Who's the idiot? No, I haven't taken it literally. Well, you have taken it literally. I did a spiel about the one show being crap. I did a spiel about how the one show stopped hiring me. I did a little... In your opinion. What do you mean in my opinion? In your opinion, the one show's crap. Some people watch this. It's just like arguing arguing with my children, except they do a better argument. Gee, the one show is crap, right? (laughs) I did a little performance piece. I I agree, the one show is crap. In your opinion. I I, I made a throwaway comment. In your opinion. No, because you're talking. Shut up. Shut up. Right? I did, in an entertainment show, I did a little performance piece about the one show sucking people's soul out. You've taken it literally. You've gone on Facebook and slagged me off, and you're talking out your ass. Yes, you did, mate. Ian, Ian. Really? He's sniffing sniffing at 250 effing quid. Some people would (laughs) die for that amount in wages. I'm disgusted he's scoffing at that effing amount. That's slagging off, mate, and you haven't got okay, a clue okay, what you're okay, talking about. Okay. 
Read it out exactly as I wrote No, it. I can't, because it's got swear words in it, you muppet. I've just read it. <laughs> I've just no, I, read without it. Without swear words. Without the swear words in. Go no, on, read I've, it out I've exactly just read it. as I wrote it. I've just read it. Swear words, without your slight edit. I've just read... No, what slight edit? I've just read it. Well, what edit? Read it out, exactly. Do without the swear words, you G, can edit the swear words, G, that's fine. you tell me but which bit I edited. You edit. tell me which bit I edited, because I just read it out, your well, pudding. I wrote it, you've just read it out. Yes. And all I'm saying is... Which bit did I edit? You just accused me of editing it. Which bit did I leave out? You left a lot of it out. Wait, I'll read it again. Really? He's sniffing at 250 effing squid. Some people would die for that amount in their wages. I'm actually disgusted that he's scoffing at that effing amount. Which bit did I leave out? The lol. There's no lol there, mate, unless you've gone back and edited it. There's no lol. I always leave a lol. There's no lol. Something about you. There's no lol, G. Oh, I missed the lol. I'm very sorry, Ian. I, I did actually mean to put a lol in there. Anybody that never... goes on the one show for 250 quid is a sad case. What, are you saying that they should pay more? Of course I'm saying they should pay more. You're not very good at this, are you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I am quite good at this. No, you're good I at just... displaying entitlement, but you're not very good at actually backing up an argument. This is poor, really poor. <laughs> I'm still on air. Yeah, because I'm enjoying destroying you mercilessly. Awesome. The, length of t the length of time you stay on air doesn't equate to quality of call. Paul in no, Stoke Poges. You are completely right. I know I'm completely right. I'm always right. How long do you think I could stay here without you actually... Oh, piss off. Julie! Yes. Go on, what you got for us, Jules? I enjoyed that. Um, that little lark, oh, see? It's a bit of performance, guys. It's a bit of performance, a bit of pantomime. Julie. Oh, I, I mean... Can I, I can just interject on that thing. I don't think he's scoffed at all. I think I didn't. It's well within your, your right to say what you would do um, and wouldn't do. And I think that... Um, I, don't see what the prob I don't see what the problem is with what you said, so... No, there's no problem. There we go. This is just people um, trying to find problems where there aren't problems. And also, um, can I just say, that was one of my bugbears, is you can't just put... And I know that um, maybe there was a bit of joking there, but you can't just put lol at no. the end of any sentence. Lol doesn't, stop, a, you, lol, a, lol doesn't stop you being an arsehole, <laughs> I'm no, but afraid. Least, but, I mean, a, a lol doesn't, isn't kind of there as a cover-all no. so that you can say, I was only joking. No, 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 um, not at all. Not no, at all. Anyway. Um, I can't remember what I was saying apart from oh. that. <laughs> the one show. Oh, it's, it, it's awful. It's banal and insipid. It's, all, it's awful, and I don't know why anybody watches it. But it's, it does, um, it, get, it gets millions of viewers. But why? I don't understand. I find it, I find it offensive, I find it kind of banal, and, um, yeah, I, I feel like it's condescending. But then, are there any good, thing? are there any good chat shows anymore, where people go on I, and get a bit of a rough ride? I don't, to be quite honest, I, I avoid TV because it's like the other day on, kicked on the TV and it was like this morning or something yeah. and the subject I was talking about was like, it, it was just awful and so I don't watch that, I can't bear to watch the news because I want to argue with everything that they say and so I just end up watching box sets and listening to radio like some sad Well, Cass just typed Graham Norton but I can't imagine they get a rough ride on Graham Norton. Well, 
that can't be a tough interview. But then, but then most people who appear on chat shows are selling something, and I can't. Which I know that's that's the, the way. But you know, you just think, uh, you just know that it's coming where somebody's going to plug something, and I don't know. I'm just cynical about all Julie, I am cynical. I hate everybody. Um, uh, oh, is, is this Dennis's wife calling in to say that I've won 30 quid? No, he's not. I was just calling in to say, oh, I recall somebody in three counties getting a push for saying the wrong thing. Really? Who was that? I went to bat for you, you sod. What? I, I threatened to stop paying them my license fee. Then my <laughs> wife reminded me I wasn't paying a license fee anyway. <laughs> you gave it for free, I think, don't you? Yeah. So, so, no. I know I like pulling your leg, but nevertheless, I was disgusted with what, how they dealt with you. Why are you talking? That was years ago. I know. Well, I'm an old man, don't forget. Yeah, that's true. I'd come on your show for 30 quid. What? Yes. I'm not paying you. Come on your show for 30 quid. Okay. I will on the 29th of May, anyway. Mate, you ain't going to make it. That is weeks go, away. It starts saving up now, and it's no use pulling the old sicky, saying, oh, I'm sorry, I was ill at the time. No, no. Anyway, you're a great guy. I don't care what anybody says about you. You're a great guy. Dennis, so, up, stick it up your bum. Good night. There we go. 0344. 499-1000 is the uh, telephone number. What was interesting, has anybody in the history of the world, ever had such a heated argument about the one show. No, never. Never, because no one cares about the one show. It really is. I don't really, um... I don't really watch TV. I've still got that sick feeling. Every every time I go like that, it's because I think I'm going to puke, so apologies. I don't really watch TV anymore, because... It is all rubbish, and I watch I, I watch Netflix. Although I've I've pretty much completed Netflix now, and I'm watching the Larry Sanders DVDs. Um, but that's it. I don't watch TV because everything. It's like um, um, actually, I don't know what it's like. Um, but everything that I used to like on television, I realise is is rubbish. I used to like Jeremy Kyle. I know. I know. And it's awful. It's exploitative. It's it's um, it, it's um, it's bedlam. You know, bedlam. The old uh, lunatic asylum. They used to sell tickets for it. You could go uh, on a on a Thursday or Friday night. You could buy tickets and and you'd go and stand up in the balcony and you'd watch the lunatics running around. You could, um, and that's what Jeremy Kyle is. It's bedlam. It's 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 mentally ill people being offered um, a night in a travel lodge. And 150 quid a pop, and they get to be on TV, and that's what it is. And it's awful. It's exploitative. Um, actually, I can't think of anything else that I used to watch. There's, there's nothing. Da- I used to like daytime TV. I used to dig daytime TV. I used to like Homes Under the Hammer and, and all of that rubbish. Cash. I used to see. Here's the thing. I used to series link cash in the attic. That's how pathetic my life was. That's how sad I was. Um, and daytime TV is awful. Nighttime TV is pretty lousy, and I'm working here anyway. Saturday night TV, really? I mean, I don't even know what's on. I would hazard a guess that Ant and Deck and Doctor Who. And that's it. Remember on a Saturday night, they'd have like a really good film on at 10 o'clock at night. Really good. So the kids are in bed, and they'd have a really good film on at 10 or half 10, and you'd stay up. Until about midnight to watch the movie. Watch the big movie. The bi- Now it's time for the big movie. And no one does that anymore. TV sucks, guys. 
Another hour to go. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. Another hour to go. We've discussed bedroom TV, the one show, and um, I think that's it. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Seven games bonds at Casino Royale. They came to save the world and win the gale at Casino Royale. Six of them went to a heavenly spot. The seventh one is going to a place where it's terribly hot. Four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. It's been a busy show this evening. Feisty, huh? What have we discussed so far in case it uh, piques your interest? Uh, psychedelic movies, um, the decline of British television, um, the one show being Pony. Um, I can't think what else. Oh, let's have a little bit of um, bit of Herb Albert in the background as uh, we take this. Uh, Show into the last hour. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can call me about anything we've talked about or anything else that you fancy. Evening, Richie. All right, Buzz. How's it going? Man? It's going very well, Richie. How oh, you doing? Bloody hell, what's wrong with that tune? What happened to the littlest hobo and hobo, man? 
Um, Trippy. Just, you know, sometimes uh, we li- I like to mix it up, Rich. True, I understand that. Let's like keep you guys hey, on your it's toes. A call, bro. It's just, well done, keep it up, man, because <laughs> I found you on the second week with that Jackie Chan night and. I wasted loads of my phone bill, phone it up, and my daughter and calf both said to me, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Literally on Twitter. I don't do social media, mate. I'm too old for that. Uh, I'm still doing the same thing, chilling my garb with my fish. But oh, I'm, I'm, I, rem- I remember, I remember you. Exactly. Currently tracking jibbers over its four moons. You don't get, you don't get yodelers time. anymore, do you, Richie? Say that again? You don't get yodelers. There was, um, a lot of good, um... Not often, slim, not in Liverpool. Slim Whitman was a, was a yodeler. There's, um, who else? Yeah, who man, was, true that. Who, was it, who did I remember you? Frank Highfield, that was it. I remember you. <laughs> That's a great song. More yodeling. Exactly, dude. I've, I've got... Four points written down so I don't make a tit of myself, basically. Well, a bit late for that, but carry on. My fourth one yes. is... Are we going back? You and Kath yes. should do more shows together when you're both talking together. No. Here's the thing. Together. Here's, like, the, here's the thing, Richie. Richie, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm the brains. Yeah. I'm the mouth. Yeah. And I'm the looks. Now, that means yeah, there's no there's no room... Looks, a bigger mouth and better brains. Well, well no, you're actually... No, Kath, Correct. before you get excited. No, you're actually wrong there, and that's actually no, libelous. That's libelous. Right. Gonna sue you. Um, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no, there's no <laughs> room. There's no room. Uh, there's no room. <laughs> All right, I'll tell you what. Kath, can you come in and talk to Richie? Come in, come in. She doesn't want to <laughs> do it. She doesn't want to do it. She sat there going, oh, no, I won't do it. I'll just no, sit here and take the props. Ignore her, Carl. Ignore him, mate. Yes. Anyway, it's only a quick call just to say keep up the bloody good work, mate. I'm okay. loving the show. So that was your four points? Yeah, it was well done. Keep it up. Telescope and him and Carl. Well done, keep it up. That's not... I remember you... <laughs> You're the one who made my This is the original oh, Harry Styles guy. Kisses ago. <laughs> I remember you. That's what it's all about. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Here's another one. It's, it's, hey, this, this, old school, man. this is classic. This is absolute classic Ifield. Have listen to this. Hang on. Kill me when she is. Here we go. I went across to Switzerland where all the owners <laughs> be to try to learn to yodel Mate, with my yodel hey! I climbed a big high mountain on a clear and sunny day <laughs> and met a yodeling gallop in a little Swiss chalet. She sure taught me to yodel, 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 She taught me how to yodel, yodel, and just put four points across. Thank you, Richie! You take care, No, night, fella! This is it. Well, now I'm gonna teach you how to yodel just like me. It's easy when you're singing to go yodel First you take a deep breath and it's K-O, one, two, three And then you'll hear a yodel if you listen close to me yeah, This is how the yodel Yodel it Yodel it Yodel it 
This is how to yodel, yodel. on everyone's lips is frank Ifield still alive i've got a feeling he died about two or three years ago because if he is alive he's coming on this show and he's gonna yodel and he's gonna teach me how to yodel um it's weird to think that for 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 for, for a, a brief moment you know everyone's got fidget spinners and my boys bought some fidget spinners today. 10 quid their fidget spinners cost 10 quid each for fidget spinners out oh, mine only cost four quid fair play mine's a market one he's alive Get I filled on this show. Get me Frank Ifield on this show. So we bought the boys fidget spinners. Oh, I, I met them in the toy store, and um, they were buying fidget spinners. I went, oh, you, have you not got got them yet? They went, no. I went, oh, have a look at this. Pull mine out. <laughs> they, I was the coolest dad. We were doing some fidget spinning stunts. Um, why am I talking about that? I don't know. Anyway, she taught me to yodel, right? Well, then, <clears throat> YouTube is, is a wonderful thing. The, the, the phrase falling down the rabbit hole is applied to it a lot because it then has a list on the side of other yodeling songs. And here's one from 2015 from Vietnam Idol. And it's a Vietnamese kid doing She Taught Me How to yodel and <clears throat> i i mean how can you see that and not click on it it's vietnam idol hello em hello yeah, yeah I'm look. i believe it's sponsored by lipton's tea and pepsi judging by the cups on the table she told me how to yodel. She told me how to yodel. Here we go. I'm hack luôn. Yes, here we go. It's a song you've just heard. <laughs> nervous, nervous. 25 years old. I went to Switzerland, me also love me. The to learn to yodel with my yodel lucky. What can be high mountain come the sun and day? And my dear man, guy, my dog, the quit salad, sit down on me, yo, yo, the loady, yo, the loady, yo, the loady, sit down on me, yo, yo, the loady, you like your low, you like your low key, you like your low, 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 I just want to hear what I just want to hear what the judges have to say. What? 
was random. She's here what the judges have to say whether they liked it or not. Anh cảm ơn em cho mọi người cái cái khoảnh khắc rất là dễ chịu ai cũng cười hết trơn em. Nhưng mà em phải hiểu hơn về cái nếu em muốn vô đồ á, vô đó linh á, em phải hiểu hơn về nó em. Em phải em phải nghe nhiều hơn rồi phải hiểu. Em sẽ cố gắng luyện. Cái vấn đề ở đây là bản bản thân á là cái giọng của người ta nó cũng phải có đủ cái 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 âm sắc cái cao độ. Vietnamese Nicole Scherzinger not so keen. I'm sorry. It... We could be here all night. Indulge me. Next down the column. The voice kids Russia. I I I mean I don't understand what yodeling is. I thought I did. I thought it was just yodeling. <laughs> but it's not. What is it? Have they got? She's only a kid. Hang on. flap in her throat is that what it is if do you know what i mean it's it sounds like there's a there's like a, a, a i don't be involved it sounds like there's a flap in the, flo- the throat that makes that <laughs> man guys if, if you unless you're called right this is the this is the rest of the show unless you're calling in about yodeling i'm i'm not interested okay honestly i can see people call, if you're not calling about yodeling put your phones down it is a yodel special from from now until one o'clock, all we're doing is yodeling. Okay, yodeling. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Late nights with Ian Lee. Uh, the show is sponsored by Yodels. Late nights, Ian Lee, on air and off the leash on Sork Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Here we go, Chinese Idol. I went to the sea, they hold you to speed, you try to do your every my old lady. I climbed behind mountain on a clearly sunny day, and they are lovely in sky in the social She told me to yodel, your
young Chinese lad, China Idol. And I've just realised it's an innuendo, isn't it? She, the, the lyrics, because the lyrics to it. Hang on a second, we're we're about to go into another one. I want to stop it. I don't know how to. There we go. Sorry. It, the, the lyrics are innuendo, isn't it? Let me let me read you the lyric. Oh man, man alive! I'm learning this lyrics. She taught me how to yodel. It's about oral sex, isn't it? No, it's about oral sex. I went across. Here we go. Listen to this. Uh, Ray, I'll come to you in a minute. Ray wants to um, have a go at yodelling. 0344 499 I went across to Switzerland where all the yodelers be to try to learn to yodel with my yodel. I climbed a big high mountain on a clear and sunny day and I met a yodelling gal up in a little Swiss chalet. So she taught me how to yodel, yodel, um, it's, it's, so it's it's oral sex, isn't it? Because that's what that's the noise I make. It's what happens when you get the Alpine horn. Sorry, yes, Ray. I, I think you're having a breakdown. You want to yodel with me, buddy? No, I don't. Cathy's trying to stitch me up. What you want to yodel with me, buddy? I'd rather watch the one show. No, come on. What are you talking about? Woo! Yeah! I went across to Switzerland where all the yodelers be to try to learn to yodel with my yodel. I climbed a big mountain on a clear and sunny day and met a yodeling girl up in a little Swiss chalet. She taught me how yodel. You know it! This is the future! Hey, Ray, this is going to be the next big thing, buddy. I can feel it. For the first time in my life, I'm ahead of the curve. I, if I'd have, I was offered um, fidget spinners six months ago, and I said, no, it's stupid. I missed out on it. Again, uh, Professor Rubik's called me in about 1981 and said, Ian, we can make big money. I said, don't be so stupid. This is it, Ray! This is our ship no. has come in. Yodeling is going to be big! No. <laughs> no. My, my brother's in the music business, and, uh, no. Hey, hey, listen, I've got some good news, though. Paul from Stoke Poges is going to stop listening because of the yodelling. <laughs> there we go, there we go, listen to this! Listen to Paul from Stoke Poges! Ian, you are just so wrong in so many ways. After listening tonight now, and you not respecting me, I just give up. How the hell are you allowed to broadcast on national radio? <laughs> you covering yodelling as an example is just pure not funny. It, it is totally repulsive. Well, that's a bit racist. You think you know it all as you keep saying, I reckon you should go back to your old days of sniffing lines straight off public bar in Jolly Londoner. Yes, I speak truth. You don't speak truth, Paul. You speak libel. But don't worry, I won't sue you, buddy, because I know I'm on to a winner.
I'm, I'm just working out how long it will be before Paul rings in to apologise. <laughs> he won't. He'll send in a load of abusive emails, and he just shows what a knob he is. So I'm not. I'm not, I'm not bothered by that. Right. You're, um, you're, so you're with me on the yodeling. No, definitely not. No. Excellent. I'm going to tell. I usually am. Yep. But not with that. Well, you're wrong. I, I, I know a fad. When I sniff it, I want Frank Highfield on this show. I want the Chinese lad on the show. I want someone who can genuine. I've never, I haven't been so excited since. Um, you know, you'll often hear um, like sixties musicians, like the Beatles and 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 and, and the Hollies and the and they say, "What was what was the moment for you?" And they say, "Well, I remember listening to the radio late one night, and they'd be playing band music or the Black and White Minstrels. But then one night, I heard this faint." song and it was it was so full of mystery and raw sexual power and just the echo and that song was heartbreak hotel by elvis i never had that moment i never had that moment until frank ifield's she taught me how to yodel that is my heartbreak hotel moment i mean for god's sakes what we need to do now is someone, and I know I know a lot of you will have this because you are mentally unstable, and I say that with respect and love. Somebody, please get me Harry Styles's phone number or even his address or even his registration number because he has a new single out. It's going to flop. It's going to bomb. I've seen the video. It's him flying around over a more ridiculous. He needs to yodel. There we go. Harry Styles. Tickets for his concerts are selling at about £2,000 a pop because it's sold out, so it touts. Well, guys, forget that. Once he once he incorporates a 15-minute yodelling section into his act, those tickets, they will go right up, guys. Right up. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. There's another made-up story in the star tonight. Listen to this. Made up. <clears throat> Tomboy hunger for sex change. Girls in swap rise. Record numbers of girls are asking for sex swaps. Now, why is that? Because they believe they were born into the wrong body. Because they're confused about femininity and gender and sexuality. Because they're unsure of what they are. Because they are sure of what they are and that their genitals doesn't, don't match with what's going on in their head and in their soul. No, 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 no. The the sentence continues. Record numbers of girls are asking for sex swaps because there are so many tomboys in films and on telly. (laughs) That'll be it. That'll be it. It's all them blooming tomboys. Because we've not not had tomboys before 2017, have we? No, 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 we haven't. We don't know tomboys. And now we've got tomboys everywhere. So that must be why uh, 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 so many girls are asking for uh, surgery uh, 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 terribly invasive and traumatic and stressful surgery to change their gender. That must be why. New figures show more than double the number of females compared with boys are now asking to change their gender. In the past year, 1,400 girls asked for treatment, but only 616 boys sought the transformation. It's all down to tomboys! Strong... Here comes the, here comes the evidence... Andrew Jameson, who wrote this. How can you put your name to this, you absolute pudding? Strong tomboy characters, such as Katniss Everdeen in action movie The Hunger Games, and 11 
in Netflix horror Stranger Things are said to be a factor. Dr. Polly Carmichael, head of the NHS's Gender Identity Development Service, GIDS, said some people have talked about how it is easier for girls to cross gender because it's a positive image to be a tomboy. That is the, and that's, that's actually in the newspapers. The re- record numbers of girls are asking for sex swaps because there are so many tomboys in films and on telly. Just let the stupidity of that sentence sink in for a little bit. 0344 499 1000. Late nights with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Late night, Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. How do they do it? Can we genuinely <clears throat> get a yodeling teacher in? Because I'm having fun doing the yodeling. <laughs> I'm having fun, but I know I'm not doing the right thing. And I'm probably, guys, and here's the bad news I'm probably um, damaging my um, tool, uh, my throat, by um, doing that way. I can feel myself a- a- applying a- a- unnecessary pressure. So to be able to imagine that. I bring in my ukulele, always in the boot of my car. You never know when the equipment's going to break down and you're going to need to um, entertain the troops. Um, my ukulele, and I, I strum, I come in one night and um, I say, well, the show's taking a brand new direction. Um, and it goes a little bit like this. And I start strumming and singing. She taught me how to yodel. And I yodel a hee-hee absolutely perfectly i wonder how many songs frank i feel did that had um yodeling in in the thing because what because in the sick because chubby checker chubby checker had like about 12 songs no probably even more songs that featured the twist because he would have done a couple of twist albums and all of the songs on there would have um would have been twist, so he would have done loads. So I'm guessing. Um, yeah, let's have a look. Um, well, according to, according to this, not many, but I I dispute I dispute this data. I think this data is incorrect. I believe this. Uh, I believe that data is incorrect, and I, I I refuse to accept that that doesn't back up um, the point that I was making. That's, I, I refuse to accept it. <clears throat> oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the um, telephone. Oh, I tell you what, I thought we'd do tonight. I thought we'd do our stars tonight. Should we do our stars? Should we have a little look at the stars. Kath, come and join me. Do, I'll do your stars for you, Kath. You predict your future. <clears throat> Uh, if you want your stars done, just write to a yodeling coach. Hey, hey, yeah, isn't it get, isn't it good? This, isn't it yodeling. Good? This is why they they've taken me off on June the eighth because I I sent a message to uh, the headmaster of Talk Radio, and said uh, on the election night can we do a yodel special? And mm-hmm. he said, Nah, Julia's doing your shift. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. She's more of a bass. She's Oscar Kaner. Doing the stars here. Oh, is he the son of Jonathan? Must be. Is Jonathan dead? I think he might be. Sad. Um, So is it genetic then, the ability to bullshine people? Looks it. Yeah? 
Um, that's, a, that's a mean email from uh, uh, No Call Paul, isn't it? Well. It's a mean email. You know what will happen. Hello? Yeah, he'll send another abusive one. And then, then he'll, he'll ring up tomorrow. Tail yeah. between legs. Well, I wonder what, I wonder, um, I wonder what's made him so unhappy today. I don't know. That was, that was fun. Uh, you, uh, you got involved and I respect that. He didn't hear my conversation with Ray. I idled the whole thing. He said, can you make it stop? And I said, no. When you hear them doing it properly... It's beautiful. It is incredible. Because apparently that technique carries over the, you know, you can hear over it Over the better. mountains, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 it's called the goats in. The goats are... It's, to call the, it's called the goats in. That's what it's for. It's, it's, it's actually a very ancient art of goat herding. Your name actually sounds a bit like a yodel. Ian Lee. That's just... Um, <laughs> you just embarrassed yourself there, mate. <laughs> no, I haven't. You've embarrassed yourself and that's... Hang on. On the... Just for a... Uh, on the phone one night. Okay, yeah, I'm just sending it to this fella. I bet it'd be good. Yodel course. I think is if I could yodel properly, and there's got to be a trick to it. Once you've got the trick, then you're in. Right? You're in. It's like looking at those um, magic eye pictures. You sit there for ten minutes, but then once you once you see it, you go. Oh, you can't not see it. I think those magic eye pictures made me go um, fuzzy eyed and yep. made me need glasses. Yeah. Well, what were you doing in front of them? <laughs> There's only a dolphin. Squinting. Um, but once you've got it, you've got it. You can. It's like riding a bike. Once you once you can ride a bike, ride, ride a bike. Brilliant, fine. So, and I reckon once you've got the the secret, I tell you what I was listening to. Um, Alan Bennett's um, diaries from 1997 to 2001. I bought them for a, for a penny. I lend it to you. Brilliant. He gets. <laughs> he's absolutely. Br- Andrew, I'll come to you in a minute. Um. He gets asked to go in Celebrity Big Brother. Oh, oh. <laughs> and he doesn't turn it down outright. He says, I, I, I was asked, uh, the state of my celebrity, I was asked to go on the programme called Celebrity Big Brother. Well, I didn't say no outright, and I asked my agent to ask them who else was going in. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when they started playing a very coy game. And they wouldn't <laughs> tell me, but they told me that somebody who was very high up in the music industry. That turned out to be former Take That member Mark Owen. <laughs> <laughs> But he does a brilliant bit. It, it, these diaries cover when um, Dudley Moore died. So he talks a lot about Dudley Moore. And, and um, he talked about jazz and how none of the other Beyond the Fringe people liked jazz. And they never spoke to... They never really spoke to Dudley Moore about jazz, but they would speak to him about his, his um, coxmanship, you know, and, and, and his sex. But they wouldn't speak to him about that. But then, then, then Alan Bennett says... Coxmanship? That's a phrase. Wow. That's a phrase? Not one I've um, employed before. Um, um, Alan Bennett says, I did have one discussion with Dudley about jazz and he explained it to me in a way I'd never heard before and it made perfect sense. He said, the thing with jazz is it's all about the beat and what you need to do... Hello, Mother. Anna. Hello, Rupert. Hello, Mother. What you need to do <laughs> is you need to hit the beat as near to the end of the beat as possible. And he said, and that rule works in comedy and, and theatre. And and that 
Do you it know what I'm saying? It makes perfect sense. Explain a bit. But it makes perfect sense. You've got to hit the beat as near to the end of the beat as possible. And just a music on its own doesn't make sense. But then he said, and that applies to comedy. Oh, I get it. You just leave it to the very, very last that level of discomfort. And that's what jazz is. It, 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 what, what he said, what separates average jazz from really good jazz is getting is hitting the beat just at the right, and it's like you know, it's it's almost immeasurable that beat. But that's what it is. I thought that was beautiful, Andrew. Ian, yes, sir. Hello, Ian. Hello, Cass. Hiya. Hello. Um, before I get on to my point, um, last week's topic, my first record bought was. Temple Tudor, Swords of a Thousand Men. That's a great record. Over the hills and the swords yeah. of a thousand men. What did Temple Tudor go on to do? Crystal Maze. Yes! Yeah. He went on to host the yeah. Crystal Maze. One of my first ever gigs was at, Man- uh, it was at London Central Poly. I don't know where it is now. And it was t- Frank Sidebottom was comparing... I think I met John Ronson there. I was 15. Uh, the man from Del Monte, the band that John Ronson were managing, were playing. And so was Tempo Tudor. And, and so was Pete Shelley from the Buzzcocks. Boy, oh boy, what a gig that was. 15, right at the front. We had a pint of beer and I was wasted. It was wonderful. <laughs> Tempo, and Ed, Ed Tempo, uh, Eddie uh, Tempo Tudor came out. He opened his set, right? He came out with a white shirt on, covered in blood. Oh. And this spotlight. And it, it took him about two minutes to slowly walk to the stage, walk to the microphone. And then I don't remember what happened. And then he said, oh, my band hasn't turned... He said, my band hasn't turned up. Can anyone play? And we all put our hands up. Obviously, his band was in the audience, and his band got up, and they played. It was absolutely breathtaking. What, 15, and watching the theatre of this guy just coming out slowly, covered in blood. My band's not turned up. Can anyone play? Yay! Oh, it was beautiful. Absolutely. That's the way to make an entrance. 15 when I saw that. Incredible. Anyway... Right, um, you're going for a traditional yodeling. Yes. Or are you, are you going for a, maybe a yodel country music cross? Y- yodel rap. I'm going for a yodel rap. Well, country music yodel. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to make a joke um, about um, um, yodeling and throwing a parcel in someone's back garden, but I probably better not, so I won't. Wow. I'm going to go for traditional yodel. I think once you've got the traditional yodel, Andrew, then you can apply it to any genre. Country, rap, um, grime, anything like that. I was was going to suggest Slim Whitman, Indian Love Call. Um, Mm. Now, of course, we all know... Hang on a minute. Hang on a second. What's this? Okay, here, let me just tell you real quick. All my life, I hated yodeling. I mean, I hated it. (laughs) It just hurt my ears. And as I was growing up, I always sang. And my mother threw out my, even when I was real young, she'd say, you know, you should yodel. And I'd be, I'm not yodeling. I hate yodeling. I hate yodeling. So I never would yodel. Then I grew up, started playing guitar. Yeah. And every once in a while, again, my mother would say, because she loved yodeling, you know, you should yodel. And I'd say, I'm, I'm not yodeling, Mom. Sorry. I don't like it. She's going to be great. So then I started singing professionally. Again, she'd say, encourage me to yodel. I'm not yodeling. Well, um, the Lord took my mother home in 1993. <laughs> right, yeah, she was diagnosed with cancer, and oh. one month later, wow. he took her home. The saddest day of my life. Not long after that, I started singing at the Hyatt Regency in Austin. And um, I sang in the lobby. I was there for seven years. Long, that's yeah, seven years. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, people would ask me to yodel, and I told them the same thing. Yodel. I don't yodel. Yodel! yodel one day, these three Japanese yodel. men came yodel. running up in yodel. their suits. They yodel. looked like they'd just gotten off the plane. I mean, they were just fresh. and They were wearing their business suits and carrying their cases. 
and they came running up to me, speaking to me in Japanese. I had no idea what they were saying. They just looked at each other and talked to me. They were all excited. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you want. This is they want in I'm sitting here singing, and they've come up to me talking to me. And everyone's looking at us, and finally one of them looks at me and he goes, You, Yoro! I said, What? Yoro, you Texas cowgirl, you yodel. <laughs> and I just said, I am so sorry, I don't yodel. Oh. And I mean, their faces dropped. Just yodel so for the Japanese really tourists. She's not going to yodel. So I left there right at that minute. I thought, you know what? I'm going to have to learn to yodel. Yes! So I went to yodeling champion Jill Jones. I found her in Wimberley, got a yodeling lesson, learned to yodel. So from there, I started yodeling. Go on. Really? Do it. Uh, rest is history. <laughs> I don't want to cry, but then one day it occurred to me. <clears throat> she's crying. My mother always wanted me to yodel. And you did it. She never heard me yodel. 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 I was so upset. I just. Have you all ever had that an oh my gosh moment where you just go oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, yodel. And I just cried. Yodel. My mother never heard just me yodel, yodel, you stupid woman. And then I remembered. Yodel. It says in the Bible. Oh. Oh. Since then, oh, we God. are surrounded so by so great a cloud of witnesses. What? Let us throw aside every weight and, and the sin which so easily entangles. Jesus yodel? And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking under yodel. Jesus. She's quoting the Bible about yodeling. This has taken a very bizarre turn. Is Ken listening? Endure the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I knew that in that cloud of witnesses, my mother was there. And I felt so much joy. Amen to that. And then I remembered in the, in the song. You still didn't yodel when she was alive, though, Beth. There's only 150 of them, where it says, "Let everything that has breath praise the Lord." Just yodel. Write a song. And then Jesus I'm yodeling like, yodeling yodeling. Jesus, <laughs> They'll be yodeling in heaven. So my mama hear me yodeling in heaven. That's the story of the yodeling song. So let Long me just story. teach y'all to yodel real quick. Everybody, repeat after me. We haven't got time, I'm afraid. Sorry, we'll <laughs> no. go to a break. Andrew, thanks very much for that. Late Night Ian Lee, unfiltered night talk, with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. I went across to Switzerland where all the yodelers be, to try to learn to yodelo, yodelo, yodelo. And I climbed a big high mountain on a clear and sunny day, and fell in love with the yodeling gallop in a little chalet. She tied me to yodelo, yodelo, yodelo. He's got a problem with his adenoids, this fella. She taught me to yodel, Have you ever wished you could yodel? Yes. A lot of people out there say that yodeling is only for those with special talents. Yeah. I can't even sing, so how could I yodel? That's true. Well, I'm here to tell you that's a myth. Wow. Anybody can yodel. Really? Even yodeling me? Yodeling is not easy. Oh. To start out with, you got so- it's not like you can just start off no. and have a perfect yodel. Okay, it's something that is a build-up of practice. I will build up practice. I'm gonna give you some simple steps. Beautiful to follow, to start you on the right track. Okay, great. And then the only way to get better is to practice, 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 practice. practice. Kerry Christensen says what? that everybody has a different method of yodeling. Let's hear yours. And everybody's yodeling sounds different, and I too believe that. It's a Japanese yodeler. They love it over in, the, in Asia. I don't know if he's got copyright clearance to... Um...
I am totally... There's so many Learn to Yodel videos. I'm going to cane them tomorrow. <laughs> we'll do this in Costa. Everybody has two voices. Their head voice and their chest voice. Yeah, Sorry? true. Yodeling is rapidly switching in between the two oh! in a rhythmic he, and melodious manner. He's done it! Okay, the first thing that I'm going to tell you that you're going to need to do is practice, <laughs> practice, practice, practice. We know that, dude. We're going to start off with the basic yodeling. Yes. Just a simple break of the voice switching in between the head voice <laughs> and the chest voice. It's going to sound something like this. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. But learning to break your voice hey, is the first part. Hey, 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 hey. Once you have that, you can go faster. Hey, 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 if someone listening to this, is they're on the point of sleep. Okay. Imagine just 49 minutes ago, people were actually listening to the show. Now there's nobody. We are going to open the studio door and there'll be a pack of dogs out there. Don't speak about the two mics like that. What star sign are you, Catherine? What? Leo. Um, right is not all these. These uh, right is not always the opposite of wrong. Well, that's nonsense. There can be a subtle and delicate. By the way, if you want your stars read from the from the Daily Mail coffee break section, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Only eight minutes to go. But is this for yesterday mm. now? So I can tell you whether it happened. There can be a subtle and delicate relationship between the two, and we oversimplify this mm. at our peril. Wise, yeah. This full moon brings a temptation to look only at dramatic distinctions and assume that your choices are stark and severe. Mm. But some of your options merely require a minor adjustment or a better understanding of a complex matter. What does any of that mean? It doesn't mean, it's just words. Yeah, okay, just checking. There's more than one acceptable answer to a pressing question now. Don't allow yourself to get boxed in. Okay, I, I understand the box bit. Didn't understand any of that. I try mine. I'm Gemini. Shall I read it to you? No, no, no. I really, I read it. Doesn't you, work if no, you read it yourself. No, because it, it, it does. You, you make something up. You say, oh, and you, and, and you're going to die. When we take a train from one city to another, we might overshoot our destination. <laughs> It's no it's no use shouting to the driver, hey, we're going past my station. He's Can't right. you stop and let me off? We must wait for the next station, then return to our destination via local transport. It might be inconvenient, <laughs> but it's still the most viable route. As your new ruler, as your newly direct ruler links with Uranus, <laughs> you'll see imperfection in a plan. Don't let this deter you from what's still basically a good way to proceed. It doesn't tell me anything. No. I think he has um he gets paid per word. A, a muster. That doesn't tell me anything at all. Um It's like he's gone and taken the words of some obscure pop songs and then at the end says, You know what you need to do. Um people saying that my Alan Bennett is the best impression I do. Someone saw Alan Bennett read extracts from his diaries yesterday. Was, it was that, very was that, similar. Was that a, a thing or were you just using binoculars? <laughs> I think you know you're a C word. Quite funny, though. Oh. 
It's a bit rude, isn't it? It might not be to me, actually. Um, it's good to hear Ian Lee laughing. Okay. Um, okay, dokie, that's, uh, that's all good. Someone's, well, someone sent me a video of Elvis yodeling, but I bet he's rubbish. Let's have a little, let's, I, bet he's, I bet he's rubbish. This is not yodeling. It's not yodeling. But you can't. I'm going to tell Winnie Houston's mom to pipe down. Elvis, yo, fair play, fair play. Imagine if instead of Heartbreak Hotel, it had been Heartbreak Yodel. The world, the, everything, the whole of music history would be completely different. The well, Beatles since would, my baby, like, oh. The Beatles would have been a yodelling band. Everything, everything would be completely different. And Elvis had to go down the rock and roll route when he could have gone down the yodelling route. And it just would, the whole of music would have, um, would have completely changed. Well, um, the, the show is no longer sponsored by tea. Um, it's now sponsored by yodelling. And um, tomorrow is a lying down special. We can still yodel. Bring in a blanket. Uh, well, if, if, of course, if you want to be a lightweight. Yep. Um, we haven't got a guest tomorrow, have we? No. Okay. Okie dokie. Um, I tell you what, we'll do on Friday. We'll do we'll do call straight to air on Friday. Let's let's set that up now. Remind me to set that up tomorrow. Top of your Friday night. Oh, we haven't done any trails for ages. We'll do some trails tomorrow. Um, Friday night calls straight to air. Me and Ed and Kath. Are you in Friday night, Ed? Yeah, me, me, Ed and Kath will just sit in the studio and we'll just you know whatever and we'll chat and you can call in and call straight to air or not call in. Calls have, have dipped a bit this week in in terms of numbers and let's be honest, quality. Um, but that's fine. It, it, it comes and goes. The weather's a bit nicer, isn't it? The weather's a bit nicer, so maybe that's. Um, Maybe that's how to think. I've got to be up early tomorrow. I've got to be at Broadcasting House at 10 minutes to 12 to record a show for BBC Radio 4 with Matthew Barris um, about Andy Kaufman. I think the pro Is it called Great Lives? I mm -hmm. think the programme is called. Is it going to be on tomorrow, is it? No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, uh, we will record 45 minutes. It's a half an hour show. I don't know when it... I'll, I'll ask them when it'll go out and I will, of course, um, uh, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let everybody know. Um, but it, what what joy I get to go to the BBC, which is always a thrill. Um, even old jaded me going to old and it's old broadcasting house. It's it's still always a thrill, and I'm going to sit in a studio with um, Matthew Paris and talk about uh, one of my absolute heroes for 45 minutes. And I'm quite nervous about it, but there's no reason to be nervous about it because there's going to be like a comedy historian there who'll know the facts, and all he'll want for me really is um, opinion. Yes, is opinion. Um, and I can, uh, I think I can deliver opinion.
quite uh, quite well. I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow, dear listener, of course, and uh, she'll uh, find out when the date is. And uh, always good to be um, uh, a witness for Andy Kaufman and to uh, spread the word, as it were. Don't forget, podcasts are plenty. Uh, the Glenn Tilbrook podcast is out if you want to get it, where he, uh, we get an exclusive about a brand new Monkeys album that's happening. Um, which, which, boy, oh boy, it's... Um, it's annoyed a few people. There's also a new rabbit hole tonight. There's a new rabbit hole tonight. Oh yes, of course, it's from Manchester. Mm-hmm. Oh, the first, uh, the first of the Manchester uh, quadrology is—is um, is that a word—is—is uh, uh, is being released, and we thoroughly recommend you get that. iTunes or Acast. If you type in Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, rabbit hole, a combination of those things, it will pop up. Uh, you can get all of the previous episodes and we'll tweet it tomorrow and uh, reviews for both that and the talk radio show are gratefully and warmly appreciated and uh, maybe no, maybe not tomorrow maybe Friday we'll do another thing where we, we'll pick one of those two podcasts maybe the talk one and um, I will, we will ask you to unsubscribe and subscribe unsubscribe and subscribe we'll do that on Friday don't do it now guys we'll do it on Friday it's just a nice little way of cheating the system and getting um, a little bit further up the charts why well it helps um, our vanity um, also it means more people get to see it and they might listen to it anyway I am waffling and indeed I am filling do stay tuned because if you want to hear two short men arguing with each other you're in the right place the radio station that's always first past the post with up-to-the-minute election news, expert comment and instant reaction. It calls for a particular combination of talents. Never mind the ballots. Listen to the radio. Join the conversation party. I'm just getting a buzzing noise in my left ear. Election 2017 on Talk Radio.